14 Wise Guy Roundtable. And we got the wise guys to my left, Matty Holt, the Vig. To my right, Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. A lot of good feedback on our 54321. And unfortunately, picks went two and three, started out two and one. And I made some, I'm going to take total blame. I made some tough decisions and I took the, you know, bows when they've gone well. This one didn't. Steve, you got a little culpability. Oh, I'm certainly going to take more than half the share of the blame. Atlanta. Let's take some responsibility for that Chargers pick right off the top. Chargers lose 45 to nothing. You know the score. You told me three times during the week. Three times with ever-increasing intensity. Fess, what are you doing taking the worst coach against the best coach? I do think that's a takeaway now is whatever – exploitability a bad coach has it goes way up against a McVeigh, against a shanahan and especially against the genius. special teams and boy the chargers just got absolutely punked uh, on every aspect and it, by the end of the game literally the chargers had 10 guys on their punt team and then 12 they were like so in disarray over what was going on i thought what made that pick particularly good was the fact that Miami had done that to him already and that, you know, you got now, now the senior Belichick gets to come in that said, because both you and Maddie had the other side, I couldn't play it. So in a way I blame you guys, but no, I blame myself because I could have overridden them if I wanted to. It's on me. Let's do it. Showtime. Woo. I'm going to tell you guys something. Fez is ready he he was sitting with his arm maddie and i were finalizing our picks he, you notice man he had his arms crossed you know almost like a guy that pushes all in in poker and he looks like his mind's just off somewhere else did you do special work this week fez i'm prepared i asked you a question did you do special work this week i gotta be honest i did so tuesday does it bother you that i can that i could just tell Tuesday's like almost the, instantly. Tuesday is the study day, but Tuesday night, a whole lot of extra prep work for this week. Hopefully, it pays off. And the fact that I could tell instantly does that trouble you? Like you're just so readable to me. No, I know. I knew that knew that about you already. <laughs> well, you know, I know that about you. And it may have something to do with Feds finishing third in our new five four three two one contest. Maddie and I tied. Now there's some convoluted tiebreaker we're gonna have to explore. But it looks like he got it. I, I came up with it. I guess it's my freaking fault. So the theory is we have confidence, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And then number of wins. And we tied. And then my thought was, and this was before we tied, most wins. Yeah. All right. Fez, your number five pick. Number five pick. So this is By my- the way, 300, we bet 300 a crack. And on the 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Winner takes six. And, oh, by the way, look at this card today. We got three double likes, three of them, and two crossfires. And one is a Malachi Crunch special two-on-one, and Maddie's the cruncher or the crunchy. All right, five-weight, my strongest pick, Buffalo Bills, minus two-and-a-half, and it's all about a really horrible spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, 
third game in 11 days for the Steelers. This is a team that really didn't have a bye week. Yeah, they got one week four. They didn't know they were going to get one, and they kind of got dealt to them last minute. So, And let's be clear, a bye week, one of the big advantages is you get to be out of the building. You get to decompress. Pittsburgh that week was preparing for a Tennessee game. So I'd say more than they got to miss the game, but they didn't get the rest that comes with the week. Exactly right. So, you know, on the surface, you look at these two teams, you say, hey, they both had to play Monday night. So how big of an edge is there to Buffalo? Well, I think the edge is enormous because Buffalo had their bye week week 11. So here's a team that I don't think that the short week, certainly energy wise, is going to be any big deal for the Bills. Further, I can make a case you know, Buffalo might be undervalued. That defense wasn't very good to start the year. It's certainly been playing better. Look at the last six games for Buffalo. They're 5-1. and one. The only loss, the Hail Mary again at Arizona. So this team is a smidgen away from being 6-0. and oh, And four of those five wins by eight or more points. So I've got two teams that are trending in absolute opposite directions. And Buffalo much fresher. I'm on the Bills minus the two and a half. Matty Holt has some Buffalo in his pocket for the Super Bowl Fez booked. Yeah, 30 to one. What's your take on this? Like it more and more every second. And now injuries for the Pittsburgh Steelers that are going to linger for the rest of the year. I think it's fair to say at this point, if you had to grade all the AFC teams right now heading into the playoffs, Buffalo's number two. I like my chances. You know, that inefficient Kansas City red zone may lead to some opportunity that I think Buffalo could hang with them in a shootout. Boy, do you know that Josh Allen was the first Buffalo Bills player in history to win three Offensive Player of the Week awards in the same season? Amazing for a team that went to the Super Bowl three times. So much to love about the way Buffalo's playing right now. Pittsburgh, what a tough situation. Lose Dupree, who I feel personally was the heart and soul of that defense. Love the way Bud Dupree played. Losing him for the season hurts. The scheduling situation hurts. Uh, we saw Buffalo schedule uh, deal with it earlier in the year. Um, just a really tough spot for Pittsburgh. Hard to back them right now. And we saw the Steelers in the second half of that game against Washington. They were in control of that game, 14-0. And then Washington's 14-3 back. 14-3 at halftime. Yeah, so Washington kicks the field goal exactly to make it 14-3. With the fourth timeout. And then, and then Washington's like backed up on their own ten yard line. They've got like third and long, and I'm like, all right, they're gonna get they're gonna get worked here. And no, they just go ahead and drive the length of the field, get back in the game. And then Washington definitely in the second half was a team with so much more energy. I don't think that was a coincidence that Pittsburgh wore down. And Pittsburgh is the type of team that should be wearing you down, not getting worn down. And Pittsburgh can't run. Big Ben threw over 50 times against Washington. Mm-hmm. When was the this last is, time you saw is, that? This is wrong. Hmm. Everyone's saying it. Let me jump in. I agree with the – I generally see the pick. And I do think that it's noteworthy that Maddie is right. Right now the line is saying Buffalo's the better team than Pittsburgh. Now you got to account for the circumstances, the situation. So I think it's fair to say the market thinks these are even teams – and the Bills over their typical home field of one, let's say, two and a half because of circumstances. Um, I mean, either I mean, if it's not the case, it's a half point within it, right? So you this you're giving me a look like you're not sure. No, I agree with that. I I, I think some of it's injuries that are accounted into the game. I mean, that defense is starting to get I, thin, and I don't agree with that either. But right. we'll see. No, we'll, I mean, most people agree with it. Um, 
Josh Allen, third favorite right now for the MVP, Fez. You were such a detractor on him, huh? Was that Remember when we made that bet? Yeah. And I took Buffalo to win the Super Bowl, and his whole thing was Josh Allen was terrible. <laughs> Damn. Oh, that was so fun. Dang, he's laughing at you right now. That was the best. You want to double that bet up, Fez? No, I... Uh... What odds would you give him right now for more Buffalo? 13 to 1. What's the market? 16 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you actually think even with the 40% takeout in the market? <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously? Well, I quoted it before I peaked at least, you know? So <laughs> That tells you you think you're in trouble is what it's yes. saying. Yes, I don't want no more. But don't forget Kansas City is so good. Ooh, they're so good. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's do this. Hitman also agrees on Buffalo. He's out of Jersey. He's six foot tall. He weighs 139 pounds, and his skin is translucent. <laughs> Let's listen. Best bet, Bills minus two and a half. Short and sweet, Pittsburgh's dealing with injuries to their defense that are finally catching up to them in Bud Dupree, Devin Bush, and Joe Hayden. Pittsburgh's reliant on their defensive front to get pressure in order to hide a shaky secondary. And against a mobile quarterback like Allen, I think their secondary gets exposed. Pittsburgh's also become increasingly one-dimensional on offense as well, as they've been the worst running team in the league over the last month. Money poured in against Pittsburgh, against Washington, likely because of a terrible scheduling spot. And this scheduling spot is even worse, as it's going to be the Steelers' third game in 11 days. Josh Allen's playing the best ball of his career. I don't expect much to change. Best bet, Bills minus two and a half. He doesn't leave the house. He does, I mean, like this guy's, the only tan he gets is from his computer screen. He's got one of those old ray tube type, <laughs> just to get some sun. But he, I tell you, he's a modern handicapper. And uh, I don't like going against him. And I'm not. Triple agreement counting the hitman on the Bills. Now, let me tell you what I think is wrong with the Pittsburgh assumptions. Tomlin gave it away, but I heard this before from people I trust. One person. They said, you're not running the ball. This was after the Washington. He said, we're not worried about running the ball or not running the ball. We're worried about being able to gain the yards that we want to gain. I believe... This is very similar to Tom Brady and Belichick the last couple years understanding that with no playmakers, it wasn't all that effective that last year. But correct me if I'm wrong, the, the Patriots won the Super Bowl the year before. Mm -hmm. And how much were they running the ball? Hardly at all. They're doing all the short passes. Yeah. Exactly. Well, how's Ben's depth of target they going downfield a ton he's taking yeah. his no no they're not he's taking his shots but i mean most of those passes a vast majority are short passes think about the clay pool passes now, i'm not saying there's not uh, that's the beauty of it all you got to do is take three or four shots um uh three or four shots downfield a game and they got it and with those receivers that keeps them honest and how's the efficiency on those passes and to me, when you have a veteran like Ben who's getting the ball out quicker than any quarterback in the league, if you go to next-gen stats, Mackenzie, pull that up and look at time from snap to release. 
as of two weeks ago, Big Ben was number one getting the ball out quick. Is this is he's not taking hits. You seen him take a lot of hits? No. Not scrambling a bunch. He has become uh, you know, a lesser version, I'd say, of Tom Brady a couple years ago. But it's just zipping the ball to some very talented receivers. So I'm not saying Pittsburgh doesn't have problems. I'm saying the lack of running is semantics. They're running the ball by their short pass. But why Why do you think Big Ben's QBR in their last two games is the lowest it's been all season? I mean, at least in a while. In the last six games, his last two are his lowest. I think that every team that's had a, a disrupted schedule, and, and Pittsburgh yeah. is at a level. I mean, remember, on the radio today, Maddie, you were giving Buffalo a little break because of that one spot against Tennessee. That was one week. But it affected the next game against Kansas City, too. So. But so think about Pittsburgh. They've had multiple games that's gotten moved. And this one got moved. You know, the, the, the Ravens was six days. Yes. Right? So, I mean, to me, it's I'm not sure. I, it's one of the reasons I like your pick. It's the reason I like your pick. But I don't think it's an indictment of Pittsburgh. You know, looking at the, at the sack stats, and this backs up what you're saying about Roethlisberger not getting hit, Pittsburgh's given up less than one sack per game, the only team in the NFL under one. Big Ben, number one still in release time, 2.2 seconds. Hasn't been sacked once in five games. Is that, wow. So yeah. what is the concern with throwing the ball? The concern is quarterback taking hits. Concern is um, not converting on short yard. What I'm saying is this is the modern style, and I give Tomlin a ton of credit. I, he's not talking about it. This works for this team because they don't have a great – the O-line's getting a little older. The O-line's good pass protecting but not so good running. They don't have a great running back, and he's been hurt. Out the last two games. And you've got the Steelers receivers are as deep as anyone. So, to me, I don't think that's a problem. The one interesting thing, though, is the Pittsburgh's last three games um, are the most attempts. I think the three most attempts Big Ben's had all year, and he's thrown picks in all three games, three yeah. games in a row. And, and But really, if you have one turnover a game, you're ahead of schedule in theory. I mean, I, I, listen, they they've obviously haven't if played If you averaged great. one pick a game, you'd average 16 for the year, and that's not so great. Well, no, that isn't great, but that's the and, – and if this is a trend line, then you're right. And all I'm saying is I'm not saying this encourages me. I'm saying it doesn't discourage me from Pittsburgh generally as much as some people think. And I'll tell you this. If you look at their defense, so here's what I've done for all the teams. I looked at expected points for the season, and then for the last four games, I want to get a trend line. And I think with Buffalo, this is very encouraging for you guys. For the season, second-best offense. Last four weeks, third-best offense. So they're right there keeping pace. And I think if you look back to some of the Bills games mid-year against the Jets and a couple others, it was bad weather games. And it looked like Josh Allen was re re regressing to the mean. I think it was circumstantial. And now we're seeing him, obviously, on Monday look great. But the Steelers, if you look at them on defense, they were first, and now they're second the last four. This team has not regressed defensively. Now, Dupree, this will be the second game without yeah. him. We'll see. I don't think Washington's 
offense was the issue, and they don't have a great offense. I also think it's interesting when you're dominating at halftime, and 14-3 is dominating. They covered this, even the opener at that point at half, and then you get tired in the second half, okay, considering the situation. Do we maybe like Buffalo more in the second half? That's a, I really like that point. I think so. Yes. Yeah, I just wish you could bet it. I just hate waiting to halftime. Yeah, because if Bills could be up 17, you're like, yeah, well, that that ship has sailed, right? Yeah. But I would say if it's halftime and your eyes tell you that's something to look at, Mm, anything else in this game? Just on that one, uh, Washington, when they got out of the shadow of their own goal line to start the second half, Pittsburgh's defense, and I know I'm not an age, a, a expert in terms of you know viewing tape and the like, but that's a play that Pittsburgh's defense would make 90% of the time, and it was just a short dump-off pass that their linebackers look slow on. Okay, so we have an officially, Maddie, your pick on Buffalo was your fourth. fourth. Yeah. So there's nine combined points here, and then you count the hit, man. This is one of the better bets we've had. You expect this to go up, Fez? Yeah, I think it becomes a solid three later in the week. All right, so if you like it, play it. Your five, five conf, uh, we'll call it the five confidence. Oh, second straight week. I'm going with an ugly one that nobody's going to like. Happened last week. Rams got home easy. Let's go with the Arizona Cardinals. Minus one and a half over the New York Giants. I, wow, I'm- hold on. We got a little music for this one. This is the two-on-one. There's Maddie on one side and Fez and I on the other. So everyone's in love with New York. They're hot and they're coming off a win over the Seattle Seahawks in a game that a lot of things broke right for them. And Colt McCoy certainly didn't impress in that game. This week, they may or may not. It looks like we're probably going to get Daniel Jones back. Daniel Jones, the human turnover machine, coming back to New York this week. So how much of an upgrade, or I'm sorry, how much of a downgrade do you think Daniel Jones is? No, he's an upgrade, like a point and a half upgrade. <laughs> All right, Feds, what do you have on it? Two and a half point upgrade. All right. But what I think is interesting is I'm hearing that Murray's shoulder is getting better. And, and what gave him trouble for a few weeks was the fact that he didn't want to take hits in the running game because his shoulder was bothering him. That seems to get better. We saw a lot of... When, when did it get better? Uh, well, I heard it was getting better going into last week's game, and he did, he looked pretty good. I mean, they scored plenty of points against the Rams, just they never got a stop on defense. So how, what was his rush I think count? it was 38-28 in that game. He had five rushes last week, the same as the week before, the same as the week before. Ooh, he says pointedly. Because remember, and then Maddie and I kind of went back and forth on this a few weeks ago, he had five or six games in a row with double-digit rushes. And I actually tweeted this out at RJ in Vegas today, taping on Wednesday here at the pregame.com offices, is if you look at QBR, you can then say they split it up to passing and running for quarterbacks because they consider both. And what happens is you can say, well, what percentage of the overall value offered by this quarterback is from running and what percentage is from passing? Here's the leaders when it comes to running being a high percentage. Cam Newton, 37% of his value coming from running. Kyler Murray, 34%. Jackson, 31. Hill, 27. Trubisky, 20. Bridgewater, 19. Tannehill, 19. No one else above 15. So it's Newton and Murray and Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill 
only ones above 20. So his ability to run is literally a third of the value Murray offers. And if Maddie's right, it's a big deal. If he's not, it's a big deal about Murray's willingness. It's not only his efficiency, effectiveness, but his willingness to run. And I guess we're going to find out this week because he certainly didn't run the ball again. And everyone tells, you know, with a shoulder injury, it's hard to determine exactly how far along it is. And it's more insider info than a knee injury is normally. Uh, but I've heard optimistic signs and we'll see. He still threw for three touchdown passes last week. And let's not forget the Rams got a pick six in the fourth quarter last week. It, while the Arizona was trying to get back, where if you took that off the board, the game falls on the number three, Rams by three. But isn't a banged-up quarterback that's thrown more than he has to, isn't a pick six, six indicative of that? Maybe, but it happened in the fourth. Sir, okay. So it's maybe it was more likely to happen, but it's not surprising that it happened later in the game with them trailing, right, where these t- no, tend to get a little more wild. Fez is like chomping, champing, chomping at the bit. Murray stat line, 173 yards passing, 4.4 yards per pass. That's not good. QBR. You have a hurt shoulder. It's hard to throw. QBR 45. You know, I did hear before he played the Rams. Oh, shoulder's fine. The team says shoulder's fine. Well, who do you you think they're going to say? Haven't I taught you anything yet? Yeah, you have. When someone says something, could you imagine them saying the opposite? If not, then what they're saying is meaningless. Mm -hmm. Maddie, finish up. So at the end of the day, I think we're overrating the Giants here a little bit. Granted, this team's been on a good run, and some of that run was covering as an underdog. And, of course, last week they get this win over the Seattle Seahawks, and suddenly the the narrative has completely flipped on the New York Giants. They're the favorite to win the NFC East because they have the best record. But think of who those wins were over. Washington, Philly, Cincinnati by two. At Washington by three. This team isn't suddenly on fire. They covered. Well, first off, Washington's not a bad team right now. I mean, Alex Smith has brought that. Where do you got them in your power rating? Yeah, and right? Washington actually has the same record as the Giants now, although Maddie's right that the tiebreaker belongs to the Giants, so they are technically ahead. Uh, I got uh, Washington three points worse than an average team. So what are they? I'm always interested in the rankings, Steve. Yeah, number 22, Washington. 22 is not bad. Boy, that's a lot. That's a lot of po- from 16 to 22 is three points. Jeez, I never even heard of that before. Huh? You know, I think my ratings are biased a little bit to the negative side. My number 16 team is minus a half. So huh. over the course of the season, I'm talking about the distance. For- oh, 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 you're saying okay. Yeah. I mean, Matt, how, what do you think of Joe Judge? I, I think he's doing okay. He's okay. doing a pretty good job. There's people yeah. talking coach of the year. So, so if they go six and ten, he gets coach of the year because I mean, someone I, had to win that division. I'm not. Who saying, have they beat besides the Seattle? Not, but this is the coming out win, and you might say that's why you don't, you know, you don't want to play him. And my question is, is this line, in, the game's in New York, and really, how, how, if Arizona, you know, let's flip that whole Buffalo argument, right? If if Arizona didn't have that Hell Murray. How's their record, Steve? That's the same as the Giants, 5-7. and seven. But at the end of the day, this spread says that these two teams are equal. Well, no. Giants are home dogs. So, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, you know, again, home field is not a ton, but even if you give it a point, that means that, that's, that Arizona is three and a half points better. Two and a half. Well, let's see. It'd be minus one. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Two and a half. Um, I was thinking the flip 
would be, but then it's only a half point more. Okay, yeah, so two and a half. I mean, it's hard for me to think. Now, on the season, I think you could make that case. I don't think you can. And, that, you know, you're saying they'd have the same record, Steve. I'm saying, but how about the last four games? Yeah, directionally, the Giants have just been trending up, up, up. You know, a big part of it, the book on the Giants' offense, they can't run the ball, right? When Barkley went down, this guy, Wayne Gallman, has come in and has just become a really good running back. He's got over 500 yards. He's um, got 4.6 yards per carry. That's as good as we'd expect Barkley to be. And so, and absolutely getting better and better as the season has gone on. Um, Giants ran for almost 200 yards against Seattle last week. I want to think about all these big wins the Giants had. And, you know, the one thing I think we all agreed upon, and maybe, you know, we're going to make cases why it doesn't matter in this game, but we would all agree upon is the ability to throw the football effectively is the number one determinant in a team's ability to win. And that usually leads to scoring. Well, the Giants in their zero passing game have scored 17, 19, 23, and 20 points in four of their last five wins. So they're winning games scoring numbers that normally teams in the NFL get blown out scoring. So that means they have a hell of a defense. Do they against Washington and Philly and Cincinnati? Or they did they just play a and soft Seattle. schedule and and have one big up game. They certainly played a big up game against Seattle, but I don't think that anything they've done this year says that that is sustainable. And because of that, I think I'm getting value with Arizona here. How much of Arizona's limitate or um, downturn do you attribute to Murray's injury? Uh, probably. First of all, I don't know that it's a downturn. I thought that they won some games that they shouldn't have early, some close games, and then they lost some close games lately. Well, that's you know, they that... lost by three to New England in a game where they won the stats and, and should have won against New England. They had some good luck early. They had some bad luck lately, and it evened out. They feel like a team that should be 6-6 six and six because they got fortunate early and unlucky later, lately. Mackenzie, you want to throw their schedule out, please? I mean, look who they played. The Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Seahawks in your last six. Those are all good teams. So they played six straight good teams. I was hearing how bad the uh, Patriots were when, when people were laying points with the Cardinals. I know, Cardinals. but they're six and six, so we can't say they're bad. I agree. I agree. So let's run down the Cardinal schedule. And let's not do the inflected voices. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So at San Francisco, when San Francisco is still fully healthy. Now, when, how long? What day, this is this? week one. I'm starting at week one. All the uh, way down. Let's do. All right. Yeah. When do you go want? through them quick. Sure. At 49ers, win 24-20. Versus Washington, who the Giants barely beat, win 30-15 to in a blowout. Versus the Lions. Oh, hold on. Haskins a quarterback. Come on. Go ahead. Okay. Versus Lions, lose 26-23. Oh, my gosh. That doesn't look good. At Panthers, lose 31-21. That doesn't look good either. At Jets, win 30-10. to All right. At Dallas, win 38-10. to Yeah, Monday night, I remember. Versus Seahawks, win 37-34. 37-34. Yeah, that was a nice win. Three or four turnovers, but okay. Versus Dolphins, lose 34-31. And there was some... Uh, uh, was that that was that was the Rams game, right? That was more of a legit. I was thinking about the Dolphins having all those short touchdowns, but no, there wasn't that. Right. So it was just the Dolphins beat them. Sure, okay. a close game. They they ended up on the wrong side of it. Yeah, that time. which seems to happen with that. At Seattle, lose twenty eight twenty one, and that that wasn't even close. Thursday night, go ahead. At New England, lose twenty seventeen in a game. Handily. They were yeah yeah, and they were <laughs> winning most of that game. Seattle, I mean Arizona was, and then. 
Uh, versus Rams, lose 38-28, and again, they threw the pick six late. Okay. So what you're saying is if it wasn't for the pick six, your minus three doesn't get home on the Rams pick. I got home last week, <laughs> and I noticed. I watched the game, obviously, because I had the Rams, and I said, boy, I did get lucky to get the pick six. All right. So, but you had two and a half in the circa. We had in circa, yeah. We, it would have got home by half. Yeah, which is great. I like it when it's sure. close. It makes you feel special. Yeah. To me, it feels like this team hasn't been great. I, if it wasn't Kyler Murray, if it wasn't that he's 5'8", if he wasn't the number one pick, this is a middling team. And I think everyone's buying into it. A but middling I, team that, that's played a tough schedule pretty close to even. They'd be yeah, that's that's the definition of a middle sure. team, right? They'd be but the Giants five. aren't They'd be that five team. Their last five games, if they didn't complete the hail well, mary, we got to agree that the trend line's not good, right? When you're, sure. when you're one and four, and it's a hail mary. Yeah, look, no one liked a Rams pick last week. I'm happy to well, be on an island with my n- a number one, another one. This I week. mean, obviously, you can. Pay, we like. I think to, the Giants are getting massively overvalued off that one win. Well, that to me, that's the last point on this game, which is. Let's look at the line move. So the look ahead line in this game was Arizona three. And now we're down, you know, one and a half in this game. So I think there's a point there. But I also think you could say you gotta upgrade the Giants a point, and you gotta downgrade Arizona if this injury is is continuing. So it feels like the adjustment. Do, do we think the injury is getting worse? No. Okay. And that's the question. Is Good. If he's healthy. I don't like the Giants. Because this is week four now, right? Agreed. This will be the fourth game with well, the injury? I think it's one week since we saw him really limited is the way I'm thinking. I mean, the injury was pro- was the game got, before. We don't know if it got exacerbated. I mean, Fez is a P- uh, MD. Fez, did you see any signs of that? I'm confident there was no exacerbation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, that a, is that exacerbated when you're masturbating? Is that what that word was? Oh. Ah, why can't this work? <laughs> Don't come in yet. <laughs> Doesn't anybody knock? Oh jeez. It's a, there's some autobiography there, buddy. All right, so that's my take on this game. We talked about the line move. I do think it comes down to that injury. If he's injured, I like our side Fez closing thoughts. Now by the way, think about the red zone scoring percentages with these teams. Arizona, 76%. New York Giants, 48%. Now, the irony is that makes percentage. me like the Giants more. Sure, because they can't score at all. <laughs> no, no, because you have – you. come on, you're too smart for that. Is Red zone has a big element of luck in it in the short Not when time. you have, like, Colt McCoy and stuff at quarterback because you get got, overly conservative and then – Yeah, you- we got Mr. Daniel Jones now, though. Okay. Closing thought to the – parlay a little bit with the under because our handicap is that Murray is not 100%. So what you're saying is... YouTube. That's interesting. What you're saying is if you like the Giants, you like the Giants and under. Yes. I think it's a good point. I agree. All right. So we got... Just to be clear now, that's a big game because we got 300 bet between Maddie and Fez, 300 between me and you, Maddie, and this is a big pick for you. This is your best bet on the five four three two one. yeah so if murray comes out like it's gonna determine my chances to repeat (laughs) defend the title this guy all right my number one pick when the stakes are high last week i tweeted about this i had the worst run i've ever publicly had just picking one game a week 
on Mr. Michael K's show in New York. Now, what's amazing about this is before that, over two and a half, two years and a quarter, let's say, this season being the third, is I was like 72% picking one game a week. So it was crazy lucky. And then I ended up losing like five out of six. The whole station was in an uproar, ESPN New York. I mean, it was like they were talking about it on Monday. They were talking about it. I wasn't even there. People are tweeting me saying they're bashing you again. Luckily, I, I got out of the doghouse on the Tampa Bay Bucks last week, plus three and a half in the back door. It was like glory, glory. And then I said, I got to win another one. And you know who I backed? Who I like to back when the pressure's on, Mr. Baker Mayfield. Five confidence. I'm going with the Browns on Monday night. Here's my thinking. I believe that the Dallas win for the Ravens is deceiving. If you look at the stats, it makes it seem like, oh, they're back. You know, Ravens look, you know, Lamar looked good. No, Dallas is literally not only a bad, horrible defense, but they have one of the worst defensive coordinators in football. And against the Ravens, here's the key. Familiarity is key. It, once you see what this team does... It's easier, and we see Pittsburgh with that. It's easier to stop them. But Dallas has never seen this before. And you got a coordinator living in the Stone Ages. So in general, bouncing back off that Pittsburgh loss, it was perfect for the Ravens. They played well. Let's give them credit. I don't think it's telling against his Browns team that this is their Super Bowl in a way. Or not. who knows? They might make it. I don't think they will, but... The, let's just say this. They're going to be motivated on Monday Night Football. I think that if you look at the Ravens, and this is my last you know, point on this first pass of this, let's look at the trend lines. Baltimore's offense, it's been pretty flat. Right now they're 18th. All right, that's fine, 18th, even with that Cowboys game. In the last four weeks, 20th on the season, their defense, the Ravens' defense, on the season is eighth, last four weeks, 28. The 28th best defense in football the last month has been the Baltimore Ravens. Now let's look at the Browns. The Browns offense, this might surprise you, fifth on the season, sixth in the last four weeks. Their defense, though, 18 on the season, seven in the last month, seven. Mm. And they play Tennessee. I mean, that's a tough defense, you know, or tough forward defense. So right now, in the last month, you got the sixth best offense on the Browns, seventh best defense. And with Baltimore, you've got the 18th offense and the 28th defense. And this line is Cleveland plus a home, Cleveland's what? a home, small home dog. Best bet. I like it. You know what I? When I watched the Baltimore-Dallas game, you nailed it. That Obviously, the Dallas defense is poor, but the Dallas rush defense is really horrendous how bad last in the league in DVOA stopping the run. So Baltimore didn't throw the ball effectively. I think their numbers were 6.2 yards per pass, almost 8 yards per rush. They, so they didn't throw. They threw only 17 times. They ran it play after play after play. It's not often you see this, RJ. Everybody for Baltimore went over their rushing total. 
Gus Edwards, um, Mark Ingram, Dobbins, Lamar. So it was a schematic edge that they kept um, beating them over the head with. That's good football. I don't know how predictive it is. Exactly right. So the ideal matchup, and that's why they were so effective. Matty Holt. What I do like about Cleveland is despite the fact that they got ran all over by Baltimore the first time these two teams played, and you wondered, well, is this just a scheme for this day or is the Cleveland run defense bad? You know, we know that they they built that D-line around rushing the passer, but they've actually played really good run defense since in the top seven in most of the major statistical run-stopping categories. So fundamentally, they do stop the run well, which makes me think that now the familiarity will will come into play more and that they can have success here against Baltimore. Remember last year, the Browns obliterated the Ravens in that one game. So it's kind of like we've seen... On the road, right? We've seen some extreme results in these Browns. So if, if, if the Browns had been beat... Every time with Lamar Jackson, it would worry me that it's schematic. But I, we've seen the Browns stop them, right? So not the same coaching staff, but the same personnel effectively on defense. Any closing thoughts? On a more sports radio note, I there's a guy out of Cleveland. I can't remember his name. I heard him on Pro Football Focus's pod. He was breaking the film down, and he said um, – the problem that Baker has is the same problem against the Ravens is the same problem rookie quarterbacks have, which is they trick you. It's a deceiving defense that they might blitz, but then they drop a linebacker. It's just like a veteran teams do so much better against the Ravens. D. The question is, can, has Baker made that step? He's playing better right now, but it's been mostly one read type teams. Tennessee just can't put pressure on you. He and Baker had, they said, the, against Tennessee, the best passing day accuracy-wise of any quarterback this entire year. That if you actually look at the next-gen stats, he went over his expected accuracy more than any player this year in one week, that week's games. So when he sets his feet, he's good. The Ravens have stopped him from setting his feet. That is a concern for me. And this, if Baker plays well here, Baker is playing well. If he doesn't play well, he's back to the one Reed Baker, which is good for betting because people don't see that. Sometimes he looks good, sometimes he looks bad, but I think it's predictive. Okay, Faz, what's your number four? Number four, we're going to go ahead and go with San Francisco minus three. So this is a double like. Maddie, you've got this as your three. Yep. Uh, in quotes, hosting Washington because the game's in Arizona. I actually love the fact that the game's in Arizona, and here's why. This is the second game in a row for the 49ers playing in Arizona. And what team has been tremendous with these short road trips, teams in a different site for 10 days? No team has been better than the 49ers. Now, we saw it earlier this year. They had to play the Jets and the Giants back-to-back, so they stayed out east, and they had a great game beat up on the Giants. Last year, the Niners did this twice. They stayed out east in Youngstown, Ohio, before they crushed the Bengals, and they stayed out east before they won at New Orleans. So the, Ni- the Niners with these like little mini training camps where they stay 10 days or seven but days. This, but is this a motivated team right now? It is, and here's why. Shanahan hates Washington. So it'd be easy to say five and seven. Oh, this yeah. is a dream crusher. I remember uh, we were laying nine and a half 
And that was the reason last year we played Washington, and it was a torrential downpour. Monsoon. Uh. Yes. So we get our money back here. And because of that, normally you're absolutely right. I'd be concerned. And we just pulled up the playoff odds, and somehow the Niners are still like 25% to make the playoffs. So it's not a dead team. Matty? You know what's interesting to me is did Alex Smith become a little bit of a villain on Monday? I mean, that was a pretty sneaky move right before the half there. I mean, they're going to have to change a rule. It could be the Alex Smith rule, just like they have the Tom Brady yeah. tuck rule. What do you mean? But, yeah, that I, was. What I'm saying is when, when you're an underdog like he is, it, it's in it's America. It's okay to take the ball and run. And I, I think in America we appreciate anyone. Remember, Ken Patera, the wrestler, he had a famous saying, he said, win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. <laughs> I'm not saying everyone's good. That that's way. an American theory here. I kind of think it that is. That seems like the Church of Fez, though. <laughs> true, true. But you're not Fez, cheating, you're not trying. Fez, Fez is the epitome of America in a way. Capitalist, think about it. He's Michael Corleone and Fez. Okay, well, I guess we're all rooting for the che to cheat now, but outside of the fact that, I mean, that was... When you almost lose your leg, you get a few chances, you know. All right, but that was a pretty sneaky move. But what would it have to do with the handicap? Well, I just wonder, he's everyone's little darling, and sometimes that plays a factor into numbers here. And I think Washington's also getting a boost off that Pittsburgh win that maybe... I, I thought that win was more fatigue related oh, to Pittsburgh, who was dominating that game and all of a sudden fell to pieces, looked tired, hands on hips late in that game. Yeah, but look ahead was four. It's only three and a half. I mean, if you consider— But it's only three here. Okay, okay. We're not laying three and a half on this no, contest No, it's an interesting number. point. Because three and a half was our look in today, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific. We do a daily look in for this sheet I got. So I think it's a good point. A, a three, but I would say a three and a half— if you got to downgrade San Fran for what happened, you got to upgrade Washington some. If anything, three, four to three and a half felt light to me. I agree with what that. What was your upgrading down? Uh, for, uh, combined Washington up and San Fran. Yeah, two points combined. Yes. So I'm not sure, but go ahead. Well, we'll see if it's enough or not. I, I, I think at home at the end of the day, you're going to get a motivated San Francisco team who probably has a lot of advantages in this game. And let's not forget that Antonio Gibson, who's been a major spark in sort of that second half resurgence. We've seen both the Giants and Washington have many resurgences here in the second half. Antonio Gibson was a big part of that. He had to leave that game with turf toe. We all know turf toe lingers, and he's even questionable to even play this game. That's a big deficit for for the Washington Redskins. Pretty deep, though, at running back, right? McKissick and what, what's Peyton, Peyton Barber. So the fact that I can name their two other running backs means they're deep. Yeah. So, But that's still different. I mean, he was a spark charisma. I agree with that. So you have San Francisco, right, Steve? Yes. So make your case. Well, I just did the whole staying at the, um, in oh, the venue oh. in Arizona for 10 days and Shanahan hating Washington. That's your whole handicap? That's the two. Yes. Well, we'll fill in the rest of Fez's time with his... Christmas hymns. Beelzebub, Lyathon, Asmodeus, come forth from the abyss by these names. As Maddie says, his Christmas carols. <laughs> Do you find your Satanism helps your gambling? It allows you to be um, ruthless, you think? 
I think sometimes there's like a greater force that's helping me. Like I had the Houston Indy under. So and they you're had, saying you buy your pick because you have the devil on your side? They had 44 <laughs> points at the end of the first half. The game went under, RJ. I'm not going to say it's oh unrelated. Somehow it took you Wednesday to bring that up. Imagine if it had gone the other way. Yep. Um, let's look at trend lines here. On the season, Washington, various quarterbacks, Flipper, Haskins, 26th. 13 the last four weeks, the 13th best offense. And now you look, and playing the Steelers is part of that. And now you look on their D, 11th on the season, 9th. So this is the 13th best offense and the 9th best D if we want to look at the last month. Alex Smith's looking better. I mean, he seems to be getting, his stats might not be better every game, but as he's moving forward, he looks better physically. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I certainly agree with that. And he, he's a guy that basically we're saying, hey, it's a nice little story. And now he's actually a competent NFL now, quarterback, right? You were ridiculing how bad he was. It wasn't a yeah. nice I, tell I you, wonder if he doesn't do the sneaky fourth timeout move, which doesn't get him another field goal. If they go into 14 Well, doesn't that go half. against your Buffalo handicap then, where Pittsburgh's loss was so key? I'm just saying, if if they go into the half down fourteen nothing with no momentum, I wonder ah, if they even I the effort you. forth to come back. I mean, the NFL has done Taylor. enough to hurt Pittsburgh. Washington was losing to the Bengals and Burrow. Remember, Burrow got hurt, and in came Ryan Finley, and that turned that game completely on end. We can do that eighty times, right? That's why I look at the per play stats. I don't not the Fez if he is in the shitter or not when the play happens. That you know. That's not the way I like to handicap. Oh, I, I was eating some popcorn. I looked up and I saw this play. That's why I'm picking the game. I don't know. When was Cincinnati? How long ago was that? Like, it's, just, it's just November yeah. 22nd. So you're using dates instead of saying it's effectively almost a month ago. It was three. It was, there's right. been two well, games that, since. That's, here's, this will be the last word on the game. Are you taking Washington? No. Oh. I'm asking. I'm giving you guys a choice. The market right now is three and a half. If you guys want to give me three and a half, I'll bet you Washington. Now, listen, you could say, oh, the line's three. Yeah, the line's three on this super contest. But the market's three and a half. No VIG if you want it. And if not, just say I don't really like the game. Oh, Matty Holt takes me for three. Oh, fair. No. Oh, what a whip no. Why did you pick it up then? Why did you pick it up? Drama. You know what's funny? You were good. This isn't a TV show. No one else knew you picked it up. I can tell you. Well, we got our video. I can tell you this. I can tell you this. And you got to answer honestly. You were going to do it. You went up to it planning on doing it. I did. I know. And you know what's funny, dude? His eyes shot and met mine and he wilted. It was like literally I know, his eyes darted over and he said, what the hell am I doing, Faye? Not Right or wrong? I thought San Diego Superchargers. <laughs> I'm in his head so bad at this point. Why get you got to overcome it? You got to overcome. Just press that button. Yeah. Oh no, th no, thank you, Maddie. You believe him? No. <laughs> All right, we got an extra bet, baby. An extra bet. A three and a half. Boy, that's a juicy number. I didn't tell you this, Maddie. Diamond Dave Esler's on Washington. Let's listen. Great. <laughs> I love it. I bet Washington plus three and a half over the 49ers. This is a time of year when we'll fade teams that have quit, so to speak. 
And aside from the 49ers being essentially out of the playoffs with a game at Dallas next week, back to Arizona the following week, the handwriting's on the wall, at least mentally. I thought they'd show better against Buffalo, but now you're asking the 49ers to spend another three weeks away from family. I know that's not DVOA level, but it's a thing. Look, in the first six weeks, Washington scored 20 or more twice. In the last six weeks, exit Haskins and Allen enter Alex Smith. They've scored 20 or more in every game. Cue the 49ers defense. No Boza, no Ford, no Solomon Thomas, and of course, no Buckner this season. They got away with it early playing the Jets, Giants, and Eagles. But in their last five games, they've allowed 20 or more in every game. And this is a team that allowed 34 points to Miami. In fact, in the always important points per play, it's Washington's defense that's eighth and the 49ers that's 19th. In fact, it's Washington's defense who has actually allowed less points this season. In fact, it's Washington who has a better turnover ratio, and that's counting games with Allen and Haskins. So, in fact, this is a WTF game, wrong team favored. I bet the NFC East leading Washington football team plus three and a half over the NFC West trailing San Francisco 49ers. Diamond Dave. Now, listen, some of you that's only listening to Diamond Dave here are like, oh, he's having a bad year. Okay, I can promise you if you take one pick at a time, no matter how much you win reasonably, right, 55%, you're going to have times that, that – that's why a lot of handicappers love to have a bunch of different types of picks. The old school, Jim Feist, kind of, you know, Saturday morning, it's got the millionaire this and the billionaire that. And why? Because they want to have those ones they're 12 and 2 in. It's just, you know, just simple math. But I can promise you no one over the last eight-plus years has won as I mean, he's won – more than Fez, just because he's been here longer. But if you just, I mean, since Fez has been here, neck and neck, and uh, I'm, I, I would not have played Washington without the extra half in Esler. If you get the extra half and you got Esler on your side, let's just say you're going to be eating well that Christmas. All right. So just to, let, let's recap so far, because I don't know if we've been super explicit. I think we have, but let's make sure. My best bet was the Browns. Fez, your best bet was? Bills. And Maddie had his four unit on that also. Maddie's best bet was Arizona. And we faded him on that, both of us. And then finally, the 49ers. Um, you're, you're four. Yep. You're three. Yep. Esler and me on Washington. The contest when these guys picked it was at three. Esler, though, picked it at three and a half because he was going against market. And that's what Maddie and I have bet. Okay. Maddie, your number four is done. So my number four, the Saints. At some point, we're going to understand that it's Belichick, it's Andy Reid, and it's Sean Payton, especially considering, remember, there was those couple years that, and we always kind of point to this, that this is the time that a really great quarterback wasn't winning, but Drew Brees had a couple seven and nine years. Now, the fire Jets D.C. was part of the problem, Williams at the time, but the Saints have a really, Allen, a really good defensive court, just savvy as all get out at this point. And I think to me that's the matchup. We can talk about Wentz. We can talk about Hurts. But this is all about a, quite frankly, an unprepared, thrown to the wolves too early, against the savviest or one of the savviest DCs 
in football. And oh, by the way, on this season, the Saints defense number two. And in the last month, it's number one. One. Saints offense on the season, number seven. Saints offense in the last month, number seven. Saints, Taysom Hill, we can debate it, but they have the quarterback edge here. <laughs> and Mike Lombardi made an interesting point, a very interesting point. He goes, if you look at it on a per-play basis, once the Packers started to, and this is something Lombardi talks about a lot, when you have a mobile quarterback, you have to rush the passer but not radically up field because they can just duck on you got to do a controlled rush and there was a shift to that and if you look at the second half of Hertz's snaps it was much worse than the first so if in the moment they were able to adjust you give Allen a week problems I I think Philly goes if you don't if you don't like the Saints you got to like the under here because to me, the thing I like best here is I like team total under for Philly. Team total under for Philly. Fez, what do we speculate that would be? Let's see. So we got a total of 44. So both teams at 21 half. Philly under 18. Team total. I like that. Yes, I like that as well. And I've got, I've got to like, I like your play the best with the team total because I had a lean to New Orleans and I like the total on under. Have you had New Orleans this year? No. I don't think uh, have. I don't think you have. I don't think I have. What, what, how could that be? Yeah, and you look at this defense. How, and, you look, and you look at the fact that they're that they're covering almost every game. Yeah, I mean they've been tremendous. And look at the teams they played, RJ. Look at these numbers. So five straight weeks they've given up under seventeen points. They Ooh, played, I like that. They played Tampa. They played Atlanta twice, and they played San Francisco. So. Yeah, it's obvious that they they got the bye against the Denver without the quarterback, but they played four above average offenses or at least average, and they've held them. You know how hard it is to hold somebody to under seventeen points in the new NFL. That's crazy. The Jets, are, that's how they're winning, right? We're all on the Jets. I mean, the Giants, that's how they win, right? G-men trending, super. <laughs> you can tell when Matty doesn't like his pick as much anymore because he'll keep talking about it. By the way, the Falcons in the last four weeks, have the 32nd best offense. That's last. The Saints are so good. You play them twice in four They single-handedly. They single-handedly sank the Falcons. You had the Falcons, Fez, didn't you? You know, I, I did. Mm. And it would be easy for me to say, well, RJ, they were, Atlanta was down five in the red zone at the end of the game. What was the line? Line was three. You have to – so you're saying if they had another score, okay, go ahead. But, but I'd be wrong because as the game played out, the Saints were up – by two scores, and the Saints fumbled in the fourth quarter deep in the red zone. That's the only reason Atlanta was in this game. What do you think, Matty? It makes sense, Jalen Hurts. And, and look, the word is that Jalen Hurts' accuracy isn't up to NFL level yet, and that, A, he's not quite able to go through his progressions yet, and that, not B— quite. Not, yeah, not yet. I love he's what he's a rookie. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not ever. Maybe. No, but when I no, maybe I don't want to get to ever yet. The poor kid's a rookie right. making his no, first start, doing his first week of prep for a start, and we don't know how he's going to react. But we would say this, wouldn't we? That amongst starters that are chosen, not because of injury, he's probably as unprepared as any starter I can remember. At least 
if the reports are correct and if what we saw, quite frankly, he got, you know, he got taken out of college games, right? And, I mean, we can say for Tua, but, you know, I mean, you don't often see a guy win a national championship and get run off of school. And Tua is not that great. I mean, I mean, at least at the NFL level. All I'm saying is I think her, most people thought the second-round pick was a reach, and it wasn't because of the lack of physical skill. He just wasn't fully developed as a quarterback. I don't see how that's happened so far. Here's my question, and then I'll let you go, Matt. I apologize. Could this be a sabotage? Because why start him against the most – if you look at the now Eagles – that's savvy. Think about this. If you look at the Eagles' rest of their schedule, they're out of the playoff hunt. Why not wait a week? And let the guy, you know, who they got next week? Because I can tell you the D8 won't be as good as the Saints. Continue. We'll look that up. Yeah, that is interesting. I, I really had no opinion on this game. I feel like New Orleans, um, because offensively they've been a little challenged themselves, that if they're def- Number seven? Lately. But that's been the last month they've been seven. Oh, really? Yeah. But I, mean, I don't want to argue that Denver that well, it's I mean, it's but the Denver game, it does help them because they got extra possession. Yeah. So at Arizona at Dallas coming up, that'd be a nice little run, wouldn't it? Sure. Yeah. If you want to show that this could be our potential quarterback for the future. But Carson, what here's the thing, the financial side, I actually watched a half hour of the Philly post game show just to see them all go nuts. And they were screaming, "We're tied. He's tied to us for two years. We can't get rid of because uh, you know it's like eighty. I mean, it's like some crazy you now. So in a way, it feels like that. It, and here's the question: If you know you got to give Wentz another shot next year, doesn't debunking hurts for now? He just wasn't ready. Doesn't that help the off season? Yes. Maybe. And you nailed it when I was watching the game. Hurts, but who does it save, Wentz? Or upper management? Because I heard Peterson's lame duck. See, that's interesting. I'm, I mean, when's the last time someone won a Super Bowl and got fired that quick? I mean, we can go back to Billick, but that's been a long time ago. Right? Yeah. yeah. But I think you're right. Because what I, again, not what Everyone's I Everyone's given Frank Reich the credit for the Super Bowl. For sure. Year. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I also think the, in Philly, what they're saying is the owner's really mad. At, at, at Peterson, which, again, that's the ultimate point. So Hertz would take the snap, what you were saying, RJ, and he would just sprint out to the right, you know, not even looking down. Almost field. like a wildcat. It, it was, you know, normally when a quarterback rolls out, he's looking downfield, and it was almost like Hertz was like, all right, run out to the right, stay behind, staying behind the line of scrimmage. It's going to be a pass, but I'm going to wait two seconds, and then I'm going to look downfield. And his receivers got open because they had time to get open, but it did not look like – a normal, you know, competent quarterback that was looking downfield the whole way. Are you talking about Hurts at Alabama or Oklahoma? I was talking about him last on Sunday, <laughs> from what I saw. In the NFL. Yes. Or, or at his high school. Uh, I heard at junior high, he got to that second read fast. Um, when should we bet this team total? Because I, I think this line could get steamed up. I think as soon as it comes up, yes. So what I'm asking you. It's like, when do you, when are you getting married? When we say the vows. I mean, <laughs> you answering the question, it's circular logic, Steve. When does, when do we have a good choice of team totals? You know, I, I don't know the answer. Not till the weekend. These don't come team up early. Team totals? I'd say Friday, usually. And I mean, I know, Steve, when you say you I don't know. You said a good choice, so I don't mean like yeah, one yeah. book, yeah, or two, you know, like a good choice, it's Friday. 
All, all, a lot of that stuff comes up for the weekend. They want to make sure they have it up mm -hmm. for the weekend betters. And when you say I don't know, is that's just a sign of how much things are changing? Because I know in years past it was up. Some, you know, other books had it earlier. It seems like there's less tolerance for sharps and even sharp action than ever. And I mean, who's betting team totals on Thursday, right? Yeah, it's only, only up at only sharps. And, w and what's the line? It's there? under nineteen and a half lay dollar twenty eight. So that's about the same as eighteen. Because really? it's such a dead number. I'd rather. Yeah, yeah but lane 28 is mad. I mean, you're saying that they we're paying 20 cents for, for, for 18? Half of 18 and 19. No, thank you. Yeah, so that's a sign. Where, you know what that tells me? The first number we can get 18 or higher, I think we fire yeah. on it. Because Pinnacle is saying we want no action on this. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Mackenzie, you seen it up anywhere else? Uh, it was on FanDuel this morning. I just checked, and they took all the team totals down. They heard I like this? <laughs> it's, all, it's down for every game, oh, so I'm not uh, sure why they do that. <laughs> all right. Next game. But let's make that official. And, and it's fair to say 18, Fez, you think? Oh, yes. And you like that too, Matty, huh? I haven't played any of these team total unders with you guys. And you don't like this one? It's it's kind of scary. The this same is what I don't like to do is you. So you guys have been talking about it for a few weeks. It was Cincy and now this one. And I don't like to jump on the end of a streak because then you lose with it. And you're like, oh, that sucks. But maybe the streak was good and maybe it was bad. Maybe it's going to be a 10 year streak. Maybe. But I don't want to. <laughs> I missed the first two and I don't want to jump on late. So Speaking of that, we have a bet, the, an early bet as a team here, right? Steve? Yeah, we took the Cincinnati Bengals plus three and a half against the Dallas Cowboys in a short week. Okay. And the market right now is three and a half? Yeah, we got a market number. I don't like that. I like to have better than a market number. Well, it didn't help that our quarterback got it, got injured, and so we might get the hated Ryan Finley will, to be determined. Well, if, if it's Ryan Finley, you take the ticket. <laughs> no, you, you are all in with Ryan Finley. <laughs> Can you believe this guy last year? We could pull this tape. <laughs> he he said, I'm betting Cincinnati because they're finally sitting Dalton and Finley's coming in. He bet him. He had Finley ranked higher than Andy Dalton. I thought they would get an energy boost for so the team. Net, the net, the Bengals were better with Finley than Andy Dalton. Guilty. I mean... I don't know if you went in the database and tried to burn that tape, but I have it. <laughs> Andy Dalton sucks. Finley, I saw him for four plays once in the Mac. Maction. Fez out. You know, that's why. <laughs> NC State. And, and, oh. and, and, and it was that Finley that was trying to get us in the back door against Miami I, at the end of the we game. We were not getting in any. We were not getting in any back door. But let me ask you this. <laughs> you did say that, didn't you? I did. That could be. Is that the worst thing you ever said? No, the Chargers last week was the worst thing I've ever why, said. Why did you like Finley? I get the whole you thought they'd be a boost from the guy that brought him, like, the five playoffs. But was it because you – did you catch any plays of his in college? Yes. No, but he, yes. you know, he was good at, at NC State. And he had a good preseason. <laughs> That's it. So you were watching the preseason. Now, was it ones against ones? No. 
Who's the last quarterback that ever really excelled a preseason, ever excelled as a number one? None? None that I can think of. There was that one quarterback from Florida State that was like Mr. August and he never did anything. Who am I thinking of, Maddie? Doesn't even matter, does it? Doesn't matter. The question yeah. is, why would you fall for that trap? Yeah. It really upset me. Next game. All right, so we had Maddie. So let's think. Fats, have you done your three? Yeah, the G-Men were my three. All right. And Maddie's three is the, uh, the four Niners. Niners. So my three. Uh-oh. Here we go. In this corner, me. In the other corner, on the Bears, Steve Fazek. This is going to be a very shallow handicap here. Jeez, he's already admitting defeat. There's one factor that put me on the Bears here, and it's weather. So I saw Houston. I know they covered when Chubb went out of bounds on the one-yard line, but when they went to Cleveland in bad weather, that offense could not move the ball at all. Except if they – I mean, I'm confused is no one was moving the ball in that game. So you were playing, Houston has a horrible rush defense, horrible. The Bears are the worst running team in football. What's Football Outsiders Bears running? I don't have the running numbers. Steve, you know what you might want to do? Add a column to your little sheet. I mean, kind of seems important. I I, I know, I know. Mackenzie, you want to pull that place? Yes, sir. The Bears are the worst running the ball. Trust me. And the Browns are really good running the ball. So when you're in weather and you're forced to run the ball, the Browns had a huge edge over Houston. It's not good as a rush D. But the fact is, the Bears need to pass more than Houston does. It's not wind. It's cold. It's 30 degrees. So I got a team from Houston that plays in a dome that's got to play in 30 degrees. That is my handicap. Well, that's bad. That's bad. You want to just pay me something? Uh, how much you want to no, give? No, I think it's very significant for a team that has to play. I know. You want to just pay me something? <laughs> you want to just pay me something? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, I just got a, a, an update from Amazon. It said your 2016 draft preview has been delivered. Wow, nice. <laughs> Which is true because I went back and, and bought like the last 10 years of all the draft previews for like three bucks a crack. I'm thinking of putting them up on the wall here so it looks like I read them all. All right. Bears are 27th. No, no, I'm talking about, oh, you're saying rush DVOA on offense? Yes. Okay, and then give me the defensive side. Yep. Um, So Houston's 32, Bears are 27. You might say, oh, that makes Houston even worse. Here's the thing, though, is the Bears run the ball the least of anyone in the league. So if you actually look at pass percentage, it's just shocking the highest pass percentage in the NFL is the Bears. Hasn't that gotten better with Mitchell Trubisky? I think it is. Well, let Because me, he runs the football himself. I'll tell you what. Well, if you look at my list, Trubisky's 20% of his uh, contribution is running. But, you know, so he's not amongst the top, but he's, he's in that second tier. Here's what I'll tell you about the Bears that makes Steve's play horrible. Their D was, uh, or check that, their offense was 30 on the season. But it's 26 last four, so it's normal. Their defense is six on the season, 22 the last four games. The Bears are 22 the last four games. 
because the team's given up on him. I mean, there's turmoil in that locker room. You got a big problem on my hands. I, I agree that, and that was evidenced by that Green Bay game when the Bears came in off the bye. That's their home run spot, and they just got smoked by the Packers. No doubt about that. And, um, I mean, like their key defensive guys, literally, um, Mac didn't even have, if you look at the stat sheet, Mac wasn't on the stat sheet. He didn't have a hurry, he didn't have a tackle, he didn't have anything. I think. Yeah, I think he's packed up. Max packed it up. Is for I, I, I'm thinking perhaps, and I and Houston, shockingly and sneakily good result against Indy. Could have won. Could have won. Should have won. In fact, the announcers on the play that they fumbled, RJ, and they're on the three yard line. The announcers said, "Boy, I got to tell you, I think they should let him score here." Wow, that's interesting. It shows what? You. There was a minute left, and they're on the three-yard line, second and goal. I mean, that's from the, the whole three. theory, right? That's the only way yeah, to get win. the ball back. Yeah. yeah, and down one. You know, think about it. You probably got a better chance to win then. And what I'm telling you is that that was a horrible spot. The first time without Will Fuller, and there were such question marks. This is going to make you want to like buy out of the bat. And this will be my last thing on it, and we'll get Maddie's opinion is look at the team or the players. I'm just pulling up my Twitter because I tweeted this at RJ in Vegas. One second. You're going to steal mine. Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I actually had Houston as my fifth and then dropped it for Ooh. for Cincy. Well, I mean, it's my number one. You can, you know, you can my one pointer. You know, you can press on him if you want. Yeah. Here the you know, stat. Let's, let's hear your ahead. stat first. I'll give you. I didn't have a stat. I just oh. knew. I I think it might have even been yours. So I was looking for it and couldn't find it. I knew someone tweeted it, and maybe it so, was you that was uh, Trubisky's numbers versus the Lions. No. Well, that was mine. Yes, yes, yes. And how good he was, but how yeah. bad he is against everyone yep. else. So Trubisky's coming off a good week, and in, in which the Bears put up a bunch of points. So it looks like oh, mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky's okay with the Bears. But in reality, for some reason, he has these obscenely well, good man, numbers. Because they play man-to-man, and that's how Trubisky does. He just can't read defenses, but man-to-man, he's fine. Trubisky against the Lions, this last three seasons before this most recent game, he had a passer rating of 124, 12 touchdowns, one interception. In all other games during those three years, he had a passer rating of 82. 124, and Fez is now on him at 82. Now, let's You con- tweeted that? Yes. I didn't read your tweets this Wow. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Your picks show it. Now. Now. Now, let's talk about maybe the best quarterback in football, Deshaun Watson. Oh, you say that doesn't sound right. Well, listen to this. I got two statements on it. One. Look at the quarter, the, the, the um, targets entering this Colts game on the road against a Colts team that needed this to win the, the division. I mean, they were playing hard. Brandon Cooks this season had entering the game had 80 targets. The next most targets any wide receiver had on this season was 10. That receiver. His last name is C-O-U-L-E or C-O-U-T-E-E, Cordy, I guess. He ended up having 141 yards. 
And then there's a guy that hasn't played a game. His last name's Hanson, Chad Hanson, since 2017, had 101 yards. Watson is having a career year. Seven combined completions, or check that, ten combined targets in between the two, 240 two yards so he loses hopkins mm-hmm. could be the best wide receiver i think many most people him and julio jones people feel are the two best and i think two years ago but go ahead then he loses fuller number two wide receiver and stretches the field and he's got one competent wide receiver and a bunch of stiffs i think it's kuti but i'm not even sure like Kuti-T. you said and i've never even heard of the third dude and literally brandon cooks only had 69 yards so 65. So to me, it showed you the following, and Pro Football Focus gave me this, and, and it was true. They said this before the game. Is when Will Fuller used to be such an on-off monster, either in or out, on-off they call it, it was back when Hopkins was his lone target. He was relying on Hopkins, and then when they could double him even more because uh, Fuller wasn't taking the top off the defense. He was in big trouble. It wasn't what Fuller did. It was the distraction that he caused. But this season forced him to spread the ball around, and it's matured his reads, and now the receivers are just who they are. Now, again, skill set matters, but before it was he was had a crutch. Now he's spreading the ball around, and, boy, this was a monster, sneaky reality. I mean, Wow. And then, finally, how good's he playing overall, okay, is he has 8.8 yards per pass attempt this season. In a career, he would be number one all-time of 71 cents auto-freaking-gram in 1955. So since the Korean War, he this season over career would be the best. By the way... Number two behind Otto Graham, Otto Graham's number one, is Patrick Mahomes, who has thrown in his career for 8.5 yards per pass attempt. So think about this. If you just take out the first two games, which was, you know, that Kansas City. Baltimore and Kansas City, right? Yes. He is averaging, and then I eliminated one more game, that win game against the Browns, which was 30 miles an hour. And every other game, he has 9.4 yards per pass attempt. The distance between Patrick Mahomes and him is 0.9 yards. The distance in this, you know, convoluted thing. The distance between Mahomes and an average NFL quarterback is about a yard. So literally, he's ahead in these games. And again, we're cherry picking a little bit, obviously, more than a little. He's ahead of Mahomes, who's second all time, by the same degree Mahomes ahead of an average quarterback, typically seven and a half yards. He's having a monster year, Steve, and I think that's going to keep this team focused. I think you have a horrible pick. Why don't we go team total, Houston, over 22 and a half? See, I, now that I like, but I don't like 20. I mean, I just think of 21 and think, ah, oh, let's put that one on the maybe. I like he's trying to hedge off himself right now, by the way. So we got a $300 bet on this. If you give me 220, I'll let you off it. No, I got to win one of these just by sucking out and getting lucky. Man, I can bet you, I, you're going to press this button on him? I mean, this is pretty uh, strong stuff. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. I mean, it was going to be on my list anyway. Oh, he, 
He doesn't look as. Uh, remember how he was looking all smug before? I can just see like Watson like shivering on the <laughs> sideline, like you know, get with that big jacket on. Want to and... do six hundred with me? No, it's okay. Okay. Next. <laughs> what big jacket? He has a big jacket. How do you know? You'll see. Watch the game. All right. He's thinking like Dan Passerini used to have <laughs> yeah. on his side. <laughs> all right. That was a hell of a number three pick. Woo. When I heard you had the Bears, I moved it down a little because I didn't want to overweight a crossfire. Mm. I'm always thinking, Steve. Now, pick number three from everyone is done. Pick number two from Steve Fezzik. That was the Bears plus the one. So <laughs> we're done with that one. It's rescinded. Number two. My number two is Vegas plus three. Um, and part of it was three, such a key number in the market was 2.75, and we got three in the contest. So I won't lie, even though I said trying to avoid those, <laughs> those uh, advantageous markets, three is such a big one. Uh, and I think if the Raiders, so I've been down on the Raiders because I've heard things aren't going as well in practice. And but is that that same comment that someone made on the radio? But I think you know after this week, Gruden, I've heard, I'm hearing better things from Gruden and the same people that were saying poor things before. And let, let's face it, they didn't look good against the Jets, so there wasn't a lot great to say. They got very fortunate to even win the game. And yeah, I that's true, and that troubles me. Um, As a Raiders guy. But I also didn't hear any negativity this week. I didn't hear that same locker room dissension that we had heard the week prior. So You can be buoyed sometimes by a, a, a lucky win like that, I think, a team. Sure. And so at the end of the day, maybe, you know, maybe this is a good spot for Gruden to try to rally the troops. And, it, and this is their all-or-nothing game. If, if they lose, they're out of the playoffs. If you're going to have any chance to make the playoffs, they have got to win this game at home. Um, and we'll see. Well, you know, at the end of the day, we've talked about how Indianapolis's offense has actually outperformed expectations with no left tackle Costanzo in, but their defense has massively underperformed expectations. And I know everyone's on the Josh Jacobs. He might not play. But, again, running backs at the end of the day, I, I just I don't know how Jacobs much Jacobs does seem to matter for the Raiders, though. Fez, what do you got on that? Because you, you're the one that brought if up. If you tell me it's more than a half a point, I don't. Well, I was talking more about the Yeah, so oh. Gruden says he does not expect Jacobs to play. And, and Gruden also, um, defensively, there's two good guys on defense. Um, Abram, their safety, and the well, quarterback. First of all, Abram's not any good. Let's get that straight. He's, yeah. a, he's, a, he's a problem on defense. And, and the cornerback, Arnett, went out against the Jets. Can and you say the name, please? Arnett. Okay. You just say it so fast, like, because you don't, aren't sure of the pronunciation. You know, yeah. Arnett. I mean, the You're right, up. because I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Yeah, so yeah. just slow down. So we got some guys banged up and, and pursuant to Indy, Indy's getting healthier. So they've had two guys that haven't looked right all year long. They're running back Jonathan Taylor. He missed some games. T.Y. Hilton hasn't looked right. Hasn't looked right. Or he's Whoa, not. Jonathan Taylor missed one game due to COVID, right? And he's had some games where he's he's gotten very few because uh, he sucks. All. Well, he, he hasn't sucks. he hasn't sucked the last two games because the last two games he's put up big numbers as has T.Y. Hilton. Oh, 90 yards in oh both games. Oh my gosh, T.Y. Hilton. And T.Y. Hilton's put up two really good games after being a total mother bust all year long. T.Y. Mother sucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I didn't want to hear that name again. I, hear you I almost so had to take a smoke break yeah. after T.Y. Hilton. Costanzo, the left tackle, may come back. May come back. Well, what do you mean Question. may? He's questioning. Let's explain something. There's terms of art. Do you know what that means? No. Look it up. What's a term of art? Mackenzie, do you know what it is? Uh, just from conversations with you, I didn't know prior. 
Let's hear what Steve has to say. A term that has a precise, specialized meaning. Exactly. So in like a contract, there's terms of art, right? If you sign an agreement. The term of art in, in NFL is questionable pro or not probable anymore, doubtful or out. What is Costanzo? Questionable. Okay. There you go. Don't give us a may play because you're, you're trying to angle it. If anything, you should be a pessimist. You should. And, and I think he's on the negative side of questionable. Okay. If, like, if I had to bet, is he going to play, I'd say it's a little less than 50%. Now, this is – oh, so against the Jets, Gruden said the following before the game. Quote, I talked to Josh earlier this morning, and he's confident he's going to be able to play on Sunday. So what does that tell us, Steve? The Gruden's an unreliable narrator. Mm, that's true. And thus, if he's saying he's not playing this week. Oh, no, that's a good point. Uh-huh. That's, why I said, that. that's why I said to him earlier on the radio, he was supposed to play last week. Why wouldn't he play this week? There's not a new injury. They thought they could blow the Jets out. What I heard is they thought they didn't need him against the Jets and they didn't want to risk his ankle injury not being 100%. That's fascinating. How do you feel about them? the Raiders? Oh, having he's going to change subject now. The Raiders having to travel back-to-back -back weeks to the oh, East Coast and now, so he's and now coming home. Stop. <laughs> Let's stop and let David Lynch guide us. And now I'm going to tell you what I know to be the three rules of show business. Number one, look him in the eye and speak from the heart. Number two, you got to go away to come back. And number three, if someone asks you to keep a secret, their secret is a lie. Gruen's line. Never heard that. Imagine that. <laughs> Matty Holt, to come back, you got to go away. <laughs> I think we should take a break. We usually don't. Let's take a break, and we're going to finish strong. We'll, we'll, be we'll be back in an instant, but it's going to be 10 minutes. But it's not 10 minutes. You follow? We're back and fired up. Matty's got his nicotine. How many you smoke a day, Matty? More than my doctor says I should. Does he, wouldn't that be one? Yes. <laughs> The funny thing is, this has been a couple years ago, um, but, uh, you know, and I've only, only had a couple meals with him, but Richie Bachelary. Oh, yeah, I love Richie. We ate at... It was uh, just his birthday last oh, week. Is that right? Happy birthday, Richie B. We ate at Wise's, and, um, which is a great little diner here in town. Oh, good stuff. And we're walking out after a breakfast meeting, which is pretty rare for me, and he reaches over in, in his pocket and goes, you want a cigarette? It dawned on me, I don't think someone's offered me a cigarette in like 10 years, <laughs> right? And I liked it. I used to smoke, but menthol. And like maybe three a week when I was, you know, the eighth natty light would go down and the menthol would come out. I didn't really inhale it the whole way either. It wasn't all that manly, I can't lie. But somehow I was manly enough to pull it off in the coal mine in town. <laughs> so you like menthols and... You also said your favorite Cheeto is the Flaming Hot, am I correct? No. What the hell are you talking about? When did I talk about Cheetos? <laughs> you, ha you were having some Flaming Hots, and I'm like, you know, that's a pretty popular uh, bag of chips, you know, in the urban part of the world, as is menthol cigarettes. I got to tell you something. I don't see color. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Come on. All right. Not negatively, but who doesn't? Everybody does. Yeah. Let's just be honest about it, Mackenzie. 
100%. When Pez was telling me, you know I don't see color McKenzie. I just laughed at his Jesus. Face. Listen, all we know is this. When this is your Christmas carols, <laughs> you got you gotta you somehow gotta lie, right, Pez? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest, how much do you see color? You know, Mackenzie doesn't even know in a one-minute speed chess game that you should be black, not white. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> black and white. No, I understand, but, like, like is that true? Yeah, because you can put the clock on you, – you, you get choice of clock if you're black and you want to be able to hit the clock fast in a one-minute game. So being black is better. And you're saying that's the one time? Yeah. Assuming they're right-handed. <laughs> you get choice of clock, yeah. yeah. If they're left-handed, it wouldn't matter. So just to be clear, what you're saying is the one time in life it's better to be black is in chess, <laughs> in speed games. I didn't say that. You did. But that's an example where it's better uh, to be black. Beelzebub! Leviathan! Asmodeus! Come forth from the abyss by these names. Now, in the United States, 13% by recent estimates are black or African-American, however you want to say it. Fez, in the satanic church, what's the percentages? I haven't tabulated it. You're saying you're saying pretty much none, right? Yes. That's interesting. Are they excluded? No, left-handed people. Have you ever been have you ever been in a um what do they call the club? Not an exclu uh, exclusive club. It's something um there's a term from back in the day. They'd be like, you could, like, a club wouldn't let Jews in or wouldn't let blacks in. It was it's restricted. Restricted, that's it. Have you ever been in a restricted club? No. How many of your neighbors are African-American? Uh, none that I know of. So you're saying they could be there, but you don't pay them any mind? Like, I, I'm colorblind. I don't know. <laughs> You know, in, in a weird way, what he's saying is... I am Elma J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. That though for most black people, their heritage is a key part to them, you're saying, I don't even acknowledge it. I, I don't care that it matters to you because it doesn't do anything for me. I just don't pay any attention to it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, next game. <laughs> this is like a very, uh, let's just say I should probably have to give you the rook and the knight <laughs> in this little chess match. <laughs> All right. Number two for me. Mm -hmm, where is two? Oh, the Miami Dolphins getting seven. This is a fade on the Chiefs. I believe this love of the Chiefs is irrational. Remember, the middle of last season, Fez, Colin Cowherd had his herd hierarchy without Kansas City on the list. Why do I say that? Because, I mean, Colin does, you know, I think generally he's NFL strong. He'll do things that are, you know, debatable for maybe, is it for, a ten, you know, clicks? Is it? He genuinely has strong... I don't know. 
he I can say this, he doesn't strike me after all these years as someone who will say something he doesn't believe. But may, I've had times in my life that I thought I could go either way on something. I thought, well, this one's going to get, people will get a little more upset or, you know, engaged with this one. As long as I believe it, I think he'll do that. But either way, if KC would have thrown one tip pass pick six, in either of those playoff games, chances are they don't come back. It, where would KC be ranked right now, excuse me, if the 49ers had won that game, the Super Bowl? Mm, I'm thinking. It would be significantly different. It would be because now they're 19-1 and one instead of 18-2 and two or 16-2, and two, right? I mean, that would have made a big difference. Plus, they'd be a loser. I mean, teams yes. have winning streaks all the time. My point is, what have they done this year – in hindsight, that Ravens win doesn't look as impressive. What's been the impressive wins? Buffalo. In which Buffalo was in a horrible spot. That's a good point. Yeah. So what's the next impressive win? I'm being serious. They win by three in Tampa. It's a nice win. But still, what else? You're right. After that, the list gets. What's their ATS record? Four, let's take again. McKenzie, six and six. They're six and six against the spread. But somehow, when Kansas City. Maybe that Monday night or at Baltimore, because at the time in Fez's ratings, and I guess no, I a agree. lot of people's Baltimore was number one, and they went to Baltimore the market, and put the it on them. The market said that, right? The line was four. Yeah, that's right. And they went there and whipped them. So let's give them credit for going on the road and whipping a team no that doubt. was ranked higher than them. But in hindsight, Baltimore's not as good as we thought. Correct. And in hindsight, Baltimore has trouble. Kansas City can stop that offense, and then they don't have a second gear. Yeah. So all I'm saying is I think Kansas City should be the best team, but you've got them three points better? Yes. So, like, right now you'd want, like, Kansas City at home four and a half over the Saints with Taysom Hill. Yes. But yeah. No. Let's say no is the answer there. No. Well, I, I got them five, five points off Saints versus Casey. What? With Taysom Hill. So who's second? Green Bay. So you're saying if it was in if it was in KC it'd be plus five, or more. It, it would be three point difference plus home field. All right, so plus. So I, all I'm saying is that whenever people and Colin actually does this a ton, when they start making picks on talent, it's one thing to say look at the stats, that I trust. Now when people start saying look at what I saw, I'm always skeptical of that. But I'm even more skeptical about potential. Watch Moneyball. This has been addressed. You either perform or you don't. And the Casey's performance has been good, borderline great, but not great. Not great. But everyone's acting like when they win handily, it's like, of course. And when they win close, it's like, see? Flip the switch. They can always just win. And then when they lose, doesn't matter. I had someone tell me if the Raiders had beaten them the second time, they wouldn't have downgraded KC. Hmm. So there's nothing they can do because, what, Mahomes has a 99 on Madden? And I like, again, this is the Belichick South. Tua's not, listen, Tua, the last uh, on the season right now, is in about 2022 by expected points. And by the way, my expected points, I take away the 10% edges 
of garbage time. So if a team's above 90% or below 10%, we don't count it. Keeps it nice and pure. And here's what else I do. I take double the EPA and I take single the success rate. So it's a way to, because they're, usually they're aligned, but sometimes they're not. And thus it gives a little blend to it. So, you know, there's different ways to do this. I'm playing around trying to figure the best way. But either way, Tua isn't as bad as we thought, as in we were thinking, oh, it's such a downgrade. I think he's, I don't know if he's a great, he's going to be great, but I think he's at least Tannehill, getting close to, uh, I'm not Tannehill, I'm sorry, getting close to Fitzpatrick. I, I don't love this game, but I, I got a better, I mean, not a better coach, I got a good coach, I got a team that's motivated, and I got a KC team that's hit or miss. Yeah, and I like the fact what you're saying with Tua. He threw the ball 39 times last week, so his previous high had been 28. So clearly the coaching staff is comfortable that, hey, all he had to do was hand off and they are going to win the game against the Bengals. And so they're like, we know we can trust Tua to run the offense now. And he threw for almost 300 yards. So take out that one game. Remember, he had a bad stat game against the Rams. Which was his first game. First game. Since then. Remember, we talked about they protected him where if they don't throw him first down, it's hard for quarterbacks to excel. Right. So even with that game, right now his QBR, he doesn't qualify, but if he was in the ranking, he'd be 20th. So if you take that game out, obviously he'd be even better. So lots to like about him. You know, in that game against uh, the Bengals, a little bit misleading. Miami um, fumbled in the, in the red zone at the end of the game, up 12. So that, they could have extended even more. So defense always plays well for Miami. You were out of the shitter and saw that one? The what? You were out of the shitter? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you don't get the joke? When you watch games, sometimes you got to go to the bathroom and you miss those plays, right? Hmm. So it's random. <laughs> Maddie. I thought it was interesting that the Bengals led at halftime, seven to six, and they didn't really let Tua take it, you know, throw the ball a ton in the first half, and he didn't look very effective throwing the ball in the first half. And now all of a sudden you have a banged up Brandon Allen. You are within a point. It's a must-win game. You need to get this one for the playoffs. And rather in the second half, because I could have seen them in the second half going risk-adverse, start handing the ball off every play and just say, hey, we're going to beat this team. And, and even, they have the running back back also. Yeah, so and even if, given it 12, to, yeah, even if we kick two field goals and win 12-7, so be it. Um, but they didn't. They did let him throw the ball in the second half, and he found a lot more success doing it. So uh, I'll give him credit. They do have confidence in Tua and his ability. And I've often said what the co- coaches, their decisions will tell us what they think more than their words. All right. Bad spot for Kansas City, too. Third road game. Every spot's a bad spot for them, apparently. Yeah, well, third road game, the last four, and all the every single one of the road games, significant travel, so. Yeah, I, I mean, again, who knows? I just know that if KC plays Max, this line's probably... Re- well, it is a big look-ahead spot because next week they play your squad on the road. Saints. Yeah. Which is a big game. Yeah. I mean, number one AFC versus number one NFC next week, KC on the road. So if there was a look-ahead spot for them on the schedule, this is it. I, I wanted to ask both of you. I don't know if this is a factor at all. So obviously Kansas City wins the Super Bowl in Miami. Now they return to Miami. Is that a factor at all? Is that a little bit of they can be a little celebratory going back to Miami here? Or it could remind them what they're working for. I don't know. 
I don't get into the Fez world of all this. I, to, I, it's so funny because, like, you believe what the coaches say. And, like, I guess that's why we're a good team because I, I you know, I don't know. I think that... You don't? Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I... Well, no, but I'm also saying that Fez is right about a lot of these theories. It's just, I just don't know... I guess I wouldn't even have the balls to say some of them that you say. <laughs> Not this one necessarily, but I guess maybe Finley I'm thinking of. <laughs> Next game. All right, so... You guys have your ones to go, I think. My one is Miami. I join you, so I'm oh, done Oh, so this is a double like. Yes. So what was your case in this one? Two improvements. Uh, misleading final against the Bengals. Two ah. You know, one thing about the Bengals having that 7-6 lead, I got to mention also, they threw a three-yard pass to Tyler Boyd, and I know— Oh, it, God. What's this about? A three-yard pass turns into a 70-yard touchdown. It was in total fluke play. That's why people throw short passes. Long yak plays are not fluke plays. They happen every 15th time or whatever. That's why they throw the passes, right? I mean, what isn't a fluke play? Getting three yards a time? Right? All right. It's just in your mind you can say, oh, that's Mahomes, baby. Mahomes, boy. Or it's like, oh, they got lucky. It's, ah, just look at the stats, I think. Read your five picks. Five, Bills. Four, 49ers. Three, Giants. Two, Bears. Boo. One, Dolphins. Matty Holt, you're number one. Cincinnati. Again, this is the lowest rank. (coughs) Cincinnati Bengals, plus three and a half. This is a situation where... um, You know, we all went through the overnights last week and liked the Bengals plus three and a half. And because the line didn't move, we don't love our bet as much. But why didn't we downgrade Dallas more? Why didn't I mean, is it because the Cincinnati quarterback situation has gotten so much worse? Yeah, because Dallas's defense is not even trying out there. I mean, that is as bad as it gets, I think, defensively right now, the Dallas Cowboys. So they're probably in tank mode to some degree. Jerry Jones is probably not. Like, it's over now. Yeah. Like, okay, you could have said their division's so bad, they're still playing for it for a while, and McCarthy doesn't want to have the worst year ever. But all that's out the window now. They Their defense is not, – not only are they potentially in tank mood, but they're as disorganized as any defense I've ever seen. Players don't know where to go. They don't know how to cover a zone or a spot. Players are going the wrong way. It's really bad, and I'm getting three and a half points at home against that defense. It was hard not to put this on the list. Andy Dalton factor. I don't know. I don't know if Andy Dalton knowing Is the he Bengals play defense, or did the Bengals know Andy Dalton? You know, I I went back and forth on this. I couldn't reach a conclusion. I don't think the Bengals know anything in general about football. That I, it, to me, it's the worst coaching staff, but. I think that Dallas probably is less motivated because, I mean, the reality is McCarthy's staying. Zach Taylor may not be. So are we sure Finley's playing? No, we don't know. Oh, please, we don't know. God, please, God. Honestly, Steve, if he plays, you've got to take it. We only got three. I only got a third of a dime on it. you got to take it. And I, I promise you at that point, I will never mention Finley again. Well, that's a good deal for me. So I will be monitoring who goes for the No, Bengals. no, no. Yes. Is, we have an if-then on it. If Finley starts, you've got six. Hey, how much will you have if Finley starts? All of it. 
No, no. Maddie has some. Yes. How much would you have out of a thousand? Right now I have three thirty three. And so double that. I'll have six sixty six. That's your number. Mm. Oh. I totally didn't see where you're coming from. That's good. <laughs> That's your number, Steve. You know, I, I got to say, what, what Maddie brings up a great point about Dallas, you know, being in the wrong spots. There was one play, and I know you hate me doing one plays, but I've never seen this. <laughs> but you keep but going. But we've done it every game. But, 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 but th- I think this is point. It's fourth and two for this Baltimore. This one's important. This one's important. And so you've got Lamar Jackson. What do you think he's going to run on fourth and two? Well, good chance he's going to run up the middle. And the Cowboy linebacker, Van Der Esch, remember how he used to say Sean Lee knows, knows what's play coming? He takes off at a sprint to the right, like he knows what's coming. And Lamar Jackson goes right through the hole he's vacated and runs 50 yards for an uncontested touchdown. How did we handicap all this time without that story? (laughs) Why were you holding that back? So what should we do about that? Well, it goes back to what Maddie was saying, that this is just an undisciplined, doesn't know what they're doing defense right now, Dallas. Which we all agree to. Yeah. (laughs) But luckily, he gave it to us. Next game. Proof. All right. Mine the concept. <laughs> but we had it already. My number one or lowest ranked is where is it? Oh. I had the Giants. So this is it. I'm done too. So read your picks, Matty. I have uh top pick Arizona, second pick Bills, third pick 49ers. Fourth in confidence, Vegas, and last in confidence, Cincinnati Bengals, plus three and a half. Okay, I've got the Browns as my five-unit best bet in our confidence pool. Number four, Saints, sharp. You know, it's interesting. I don't play the duct tape shoe games like fans. Number three, Texans, oh, so good. Number two, Dolphins, eh, all right. Seven and a half yesterday. And number one... Giants, eh. But actually, I kind of like the Giants. I don't know. Okay, we're going to go down every other game without a pick, I necessarily. I just want one thing that will make you think differently about the game. And by the way, I'm going to give a bonus total of the month at the end for free. Packers, Lions, Lions, seven and a half points at home. Lions, health, at issue here, Galladay did not oh, you, practice. Are you reading the practice report? Yeah, Galladay did not practice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Swift had limited practice. Hold on, this is important. So they're really Swift important. Was limited. I know Detroit won without their best wide receiver and their best running what back against mean? the Bears, but I need these guys. Bar? If they're both in, I would look towards Lions. If they're out, oh, I want. God, I would go cool. ahead and be on the Green Bay. Local radio is Swift calling doesn't you. even have an injury. Local radio is calling you. He's concussed. I think. Uh, I think there's like a 50-watt station that wants you right now. <laughs> Maddie, what do you got on this game? It's the old first game after the coach firing situation here for the Detroit Lions. It's the second game, though, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Scratch that. Can we go back? <laughs> Delete that. Uh, we don't One, edit. One, two, three. Edit, edit, edit. Go ahead. But, but, but here's the thing. Mackenzie, did we do work on the second game of that? No, I haven't. You know something? That'd be interesting. You want to do that? Yeah, sure. For tomorrow? Yep. We'll tweet that out, at RJ in Vegas. Can I make a request on that? Can no, we, you can do the own work. Can we look at how we do after a win and then after Who's a loss we? in the second game? Who's we? McKenzie. But when you say how we do, what does that mean? How does a team do under a new but coach? why are you calling it we? He's on all the teams. <laughs> 
I mean, it's weird. He, you can tell that when he says things normally, it's so full of crap because when he say, like, he, did you read Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Now, on the surface, people would say no. I did not. It feels but my like, father was a, like, yeah, so know, you, like, yeah. I think he went to the, with my brother to like the speaking classes that they hosted. So, so facile deception was in the, in the blood. Is that right? That's what I think, yes. And what's fascinating, have you, have you ever seen the movie, I know you're not a big movie guy, Nightcrawler? Is that the one the where... The guy. Yes. Uh-huh. You saw that? I have that? seen it, yep. He, Fez is like that guy, because this guy was they like... They made a show about it after. Oh, did they? I didn't yeah. see that. This, it's a great movie. The show was, wasn't as great, yeah. <laughs> but it showed you where this guy read, he was smart, but he was totally disconnected from the world, and he would say what he thought, almost like an alien, and he got 95% of it right, but there was 5% that this felt, and everyone was, like, really creeped out by him. Why would, why would you say we? Well, not to mention he was, like, staging accidents and stuff for, in that movie here. You know that about Fez? Yeah. <laughs> See, I heard Satanists don't cause problems. They just embrace, they accept them as part, the chaos theory. Yeah. You know what's funny? I do read a lot of edgy things. I like the edge. And there's a whole, I mean, there's a real thriving satanic community. <laughs> real thriving. And they all are so, um, I don't want to say sanctimonious, but they all think they're so right. It's like they're like, you know, it, it's almost, it's funny. It's Right about what, that Satan exists or that he's, I mean, what do Satanists believe? Steve? Well, there's a dark side that you, you most people just dismiss, but you got to think about things. <laughs> Don't just be in a box. Oh. So you're saying <laughs> the man that will stare in the eye of truth and not even blink and act like he's never seen it before, you're saying you got to be honest about things. Yes. <laughs> what they tend to do is it's like we're all bull BSing. And we embrace it. We want to F other women. We want to do, you know, it's kind of like the, it's almost primal, but then it's intellectual. It's a very hyper-intellectual thing because think about it. If you're just evil, like you're the type to cause trouble, you're not going to make it a religion. You're just going to do it. I've yeah. known a lot of evil people, like in the bars and stuff, that just wanted to bash you over the head with a bottle no matter who you were. They weren't studying anything. They were drinking. And doing crank or whatever the hell they were doing off of, off of uh, off of motorcycle gas tanks or whatever I don't know. There's a lot of bikers where I grew up, but I steered clear of them the best I could. But these people are like studying it. They're studying Egyptian this and and you know Wicca is a huge thing. Sure. Among you know I think in general younger women who are um, feel. A lack of power, a lack, lack of agency. They love the idea that they have magic behind them. It reminds me of uh, Bobby Bacala and The Sopranos. They were talking about, um, oh, who was that dude? The dude who was the uh, Harry Potter. He goes, yeah, that Harry Potter's popular with all these nerdy kids. They think they're magic or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually pretty on point. All right, Fez. You, we have religious freedom That here. was my son's Halloween costume. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> but really, effectively, he just was... Did, did you guys have a simulated 
um, trick or treating in the house. But we just got him the candy, yeah. <laughs> I am Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. Did he have more or less candy than he would have had if he went trick or treating? Less. He did have less. Really? I would have thought you would have like doubled up. Mm. Oh. All right. Packers. Anything else in this one? It isn't it. It is a in division road game with more than a touchdown spread. Which you just want to bet the lines no matter what. And I have this weird thing about I like lines. I just have to lose with the Lions <laughs> sometimes. So it's kind of like you're a masochist in a yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Like, what are what are people, each person, like, what are they the most masochistic about if they are? I think most people are to some degree. But. It's a business of sadists and masochists, and you know which one you are. It's true. All right. Fez, I'm curious. You got the Packers as the second best team in football. Yes. That's a pretty big statement. What's the rationale? I've become an Aaron Rodgers believer. I know I was skeptical coming in. <laughs> Twelve years in. <laughs> well, he wasn't good the past five no, years, and he's I, I agree with he's that. having an absolute breakout year. Well, not breakout. Breakout in uh, you're, you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, he is he has returned mm -hmm. to the level that he was at when he was a elite. renaissance, even. Yes, and that's been the difference with the Packers. Where do you got him? I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think when the Saints have Breeze, it's they're not. But I'm not sure they're better in Pittsburgh. But the, the argument is two or three, I guess. In my case, since Buffalo's one, you could put Kansas City two and Green Bay three. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> um, Green Bay's trend lines: offense was second on the season, fourth in the last month. And here's uh, might seem surprising. Green Bay Packers, fourth best defense on the season, fifth best in the last month. What's Football Outsiders got for the day? Number 20. Really? I mean, some of that has to do with the offenses they've been playing. Niners, Jags, Bears, Eagles. Now that's interesting because expected points does not naturally adjust for strength of schedule. So, which is something I'm working on how to do. There's some theories out there. I haven't seen one I love yet. I mean, they pounded the Bears on that that one game, and you know they just played Philly, who looked like they had That's completely tapped out. But the whole season. All right, so let's move on. Titans, Jags. Uh, are the Jags tanking? No, no. No, they're playing too hard. They got yeah, they've got they've had hard. too many opportunities. They actually they they but own, somehow they don't win. They had a sixty-one yarder to win the game. So unless the kicker's in on the tank, you know. He tried. Yeah. yeah. Glennon's playing better than expected, but I will say this, RJ. Tennessee, it'd be easy to say, hey, Jacksonville hasn't won a game since week one. But week two, Jacksonville played Tennessee even. That was 33-30 game. Jacksonville could have won, and I think that may well put Tennessee well, in Tennessee a just got beat and it, uh, demolished. They're going to be they have Exactly. Got the hell beaten out of them, 38-7, to despite coming back at the end, and that's a positive also, I think. So, But what I'm saying is that it's two positives there are redundant. They're motivated. So I think oh. we gain more from Jacksonville matching up against them. Look, in Jacksonville's last five games, in f which have all been losses, of course. They haven't won a game. You know, They've won one game all year. 
Four of those five losses are by four points or less. Four or five, really? Yes. So They do- lost 27-25 to the Texans, 27-25 to the Browns, 27-24 to the Vikings, 24-20 to the Packers in Green Look Bay. Look at that schedule, you know? Yeah. I mean, the Steelers blasted them 27-3, but you go to Green Bay, you only lose by four, you only lose by two to Cleveland, you only lose by a field goal at Minnesota. I think Jacksonville's playing good football. If only Luton was there. Well, Jake Luton. <laughs> only thing worse than gluten? Luton. <laughs> he was so bad. Oh, I Actually, uh, Sports Info Services, I tweeted out, they're under the radar, but like very well-respected analytics place amongst the hardcore. They ranked... Uh, 59 or so quarter. No, it was more than that. It was 80 quarterbacks. Sam Darnold was last. Last. 23rd stringers are better than Sam Darnold. But Luton was... Sports Info Solutions yeah. or Sports Info Services? Solutions? Yeah. yeah. And um, the uh, Luton was second worst, and then Wentz was third, if I recall. Wow. So... Um, Jack's converted two-point conversion to force OT at Minnesota last week. Previous had missed two-point attempts, which is what we speculate is a two-pointer is the way you could kind of tank with that or a 61-yard field goal. But very at least let's just say this. They don't look like they're tanking. I think the Titans, I think they're going to be motivated, but to some degree, if you're playing a really crappy team... But maybe you're right. Maybe that does the fact it was a close game earlier. All right. Um, Cowboys, we went over. Cardinals, we went over. Texans, we went over. Fez, that was horrible for you. Panthers, Broncos, Broncos. COVID. And it's three right now in the contest. COVID is Panthers are potentially susceptible. Yes. Yeah, and it's off the board at 95% of books right now. So, Mackenzie, what's our updated numbers regarding COVID teams? Give me one second. All right, take your time. Um, all right, let's move on because I mean, again, COVID. I mean, Locke's not good. I I would. I mean, my thought is they like the Panthers, and I think uh, at Circa they were up right right before the show. They were, yeah, like two and a half. And I'm, I don't know how much you could bet. I mean, it said circled, so yeah, still NFL side circle. We probably taking at least two dimes, right? Yeah, I'm sure they are. Do you want to bet? No. Oh. oh, you think last? No, he's saying you want to bet that amount on that amount. That you can go get two dimes on a circle think, game right now. Yeah, second. I would bet that. At circle, we're talking. Right now. Yeah. What What do we need? Do we have to go down there to prove it, or can I just text them? Yeah, text, text them. Just text them. I'll bet, I'll bet you 100. And uh, with the Ravens going 2-0 and with their COVID problems, that brings us to 10-10. and Because they had that board on Wednesday. Oh, he's backing off. No, well, first of all, I mean, I feel like I'm t- – Unlike Fez, if I feel like maybe I'm taking advantage because oh, I have inside info, too, I can't we, do we it. We know you too well for that. You would want to double the bet if you had inside info. <laughs> and that's just, I'm curious. I bet they're, t- they wouldn't put it up for nothing. They got, I give them credit down there. Um, they got a deep bench down there, too. Next game. Beautiful place. Panthers. Oh, okay. So uh, another thing, I just think that when you have really good coaches, 
when when if, even if they are missing some players, they're the types to come up with come out and run the single. Well, one. they're young coaches, yeah. So they're trying to prove themselves. Yeah. So they're never going to give up. There's no such thing as tanking with two rookie. Oh, for sure. A not. rookie coach and a rookie coordinator both making their first trip up to the big time out of college. No doubt. And yeah. if you look at Bridgewater, he he had some surprisingly good stats. I think they're doing a good job despite the fact that their record's four and eight. Because their record could easily be six and six. Um, if you look at yeah, I agree with that. If you look at Bridgewater, I mean, on QBR, he's uh, like right there in the teen, low teens. Where you got feds for that? Uh, Bridgewater seventy point fives is. Yeah, I got Bridgewater's my number seventeen quarterback, and QBR's twelve. And frankly, whenever I watch him, the fact that he's mobile, he, we were worried about his health. He is willing not only to take the ball and run, but to take on defenders and the hits. And that's been, you know, well, very remember, effective. he's in the second tier of you, his, his running being key, meaning yes. he's right there. I think surprisingly so. Okay, next game um, Bucks Vikings. Now, this is a sneaky game, and it's a big game because I'll tell you right now. Tampa Bay is in trouble if they lose this game. Yeah. And it's Vikings six and a half point underdogs. Yeah. So Tampa Bay and Carolina are both teams with a really late bye here. So they're both coming off a bye. And I was thinking this would be a super positive factor. So I had McKenzie run the numbers for me. December buys. Turns out 13 and 18 against the spread. That shocked me. So the late bye teams. So the next game. The next game. Teams actually 42% against the they're playing each other, what's the difference? That's what I mean. How does that help this no, it's, game? It's Carolina applies and Tampa applies. The game oh, we talked about oh, before and this game. Oh, right. oh, they had to, okay, go ahead. Yeah, so it applies to the last, the last two games we spoke about. So initially I was like, boy, the spot looks great for Tampa. They had two straight home games against good teams. They lost them both by three points. Then they get a bye. Now they get another home game. They need like blood. And I was like, I'm going to like. Well, Minnesota needs it like blood. Yeah, this they is do. a max motivation game. They yeah. do. Minnesota's played three straight really close close games so I thought oh Tampa's gonna have a huge energy edge having been at home all month long basically the last 28 days but then I saw that trend and I was like that late buy really hasn't benefited teams so that's got me off of them yeah this one was a little scary for me too the one thing that has shown up the last three weeks the Minnesota Vikings offense they're uh, you know, 28 points 28 points 27 points they certainly have been ever since Cook came back healthy and they've been able to establish the run. Kirk Cousins has been throwing the football better. I mean, that offense has changed. And, you know, obviously it shows they've won five of six games. So you talk about a positive momentum team having won five of six. I don't want to lay seven points against the team um, who's won five of six games and is fighting their butt off for a playoff spot. And I mean, Brady's done well off a of bye, but that's with Belichick. You always got to question where those numbers are coming from. If you look at the trend lines with Minnesota – and Tampa, let's take a quick gander, is Minnesota offense, 18 on the year, 24 last four games. Uh, defense, 12 and 12. That D's gotten better. Zimmer's a hell of a coach. Boy, the, the offense is 24. Whew. For me, it was just the fact that one team's won five of six and fighting their butt off for a playoff, and one team's lost three of four. I, I mean, really, I'm not sure this line... I don't think you can bet Tampa here because it's building in the buy. It's building in that Brady. 
you know, is a must win. Because I don't know how this thing's six and a half. This thing closes at five and a half. Don't we agree to kill the teasers? Mm. Well, I have a six and a half. The books hate six and a halves now. If you look at all the six and a halves, the best. Because then everyone uses them in a teaser down to to pick them, basically, minus a half. But I'm happy about that. But they're happy to go to five and a half. You see a lot more five and a halves ever than you ever have before. Because the but, theory, oh, hold on, hold on, Steve. If all you're going to say is it's not an advantage teaser, we don't need to hear it, right? So go ahead, you go first then. All right. If I'm teasing them, what difference does it make if it's six and a half or five and a half? It's the same thing. They're not going to tie. But the general public doesn't tease five and a halves anymore. Why? Why is that? Because then it flips to minus a half the other way, and they don't like it. They just want to say. Um, I want to only have to lay a half. There's something mentally. It's been proven through the number of teasers It placed. feels like it's a money line, and, and then plus you can just say, I just got to win. Correct. I hear that but all But they don't do it when they flip. And we saw the number of teasers placed. So hmm. one thing I've done a lot of research on is the, the certain spreads that get most teasers action, and I will tell you that spreads of six and a half get the most teasers. Now, of course, they don't get the advantage teasers. But the general public, which makes up 80% of the betting handle on NFL games, doesn't care about advantage teasers. Six and a half is their most popular number to tease down. But how do you have a mansion and yacht and not have to work if you don't play advantage teasers? Well, I mean, we all need to start playing them. I'm just saying historically what the the most teased number is. I've never heard that six and a half. Giving it to Max. So let, I just want to make sure I understand this. So what you're saying is the psychology of the casual or you know the ten dollar three yeah. team teaser better is hey I can tease it down I'm going well who knows what the thing going through three or whatever but it's pretty much just got to win the game. Yeah, they're not saying it goes through anything. Yeah, they're just, just saying got, they just got to win the game. Win the game. Right. And thus now here's what I would say. It seems like that in a way you're saying the books want to use teaser protection against it. They they don't want those teasers, but if they're not advantage, why don't they? I, I just noticed in some of these games where the team's really popular, you know, they're going to take oh, so, so many. That's interesting. Like it's so Tampa, Tom so you're Brady. Saying if it's a con- well, you think they might get overloaded on it, even if they're positive EV, they don't want that to cause them to have a losing weight. And at some point, they just say, you know, that's enough. Go to five and a half. And it's amazing when you go to five and a half how the faucet goes from high to low. Now, what's fascinating is what you're saying is by literally making it more attractive, by lowering Tampa Bay's odds, you're diminishing the number of teasers. Correct. Which kind of makes sense because you're... It's a psychological thing. And they're smart enough to realize, wait... We don't get as much value if I go to plus a half rather than minus a half. I'm, I'm not getting my full six of value here. A lot of people ask me why is maddie on the pod and i'm saying this is why baby <laughs> what do you think of that fed no it, it makes i never thought about that because i'm just like being a geek and saying mathematically it's essentially the same but it's people's perceptions it's a psychological edge that you feel like you don't get your full six points of value when you cross mm-hmm. through zero for a half point mm-hmm. that's great yeah all right i'm just making a quick note here teaser protection All right. You know what we should start doing is we should start having a three-team teaser 
Because, Fresh, correct me if I'm wrong, if you do the three-team, uh, what is it, plus 170? 160. 160, and that's commensurate with minus 110? I think it's minus 120. I'm not 100% sure of that. I don't think it's minus 120. Um, but I want to – maybe we should have a contest or something next year is we got to play two-team teasers, but they neither can be advantage teasers. Mm. Like, I, to me, it won't be positive EV, maybe, but at least it'll be, like, creative. Sure. Right? Because, I mean, just everyone looking to go up through uh, two and a half. Oh. I mean, I get it as betting, but it's not good to talk about. It could be positive EV, but not because of the teaser. You have to start out with picks that you like anyways that have a good— Yeah, but then yeah. the question becomes—see, I think it's got to be more than that because if it's just picking your best bets, mm. it's got to be there's a reason you think these points are worth more yes. than they typically would be. Mm. That's interesting. All right, next game. So no, no one's got – I mean, for me, it's Vikings or pass. For me, it was as well. When I was looking through the games and making my five, it was going to be Vikings or pass. You too, fast. It's a complete pass. All right. Next game, we got – well, this could be one of the last ones. My name is Casper. Jets, Seahawks. 13 and a half. Jets with another cover. This one, not a Fugazi. What do you got, Fed? I'm going to lean to the Jets addition by subtraction. Now, Al Gore, the running back, got a concussion. He invented the internet? (laughs) (laughs) Right over my head, but now I remember. Um, He has not had an effective year at all, but he's gotten almost half of the Jets' carries. That damn Florida recount. 3.7 3.7 <laughs> yards per carry. The the Jets overall are averaging 4.4. That means everyone not named Gore is getting five yards per carry. So Gore gets knocked out last week, and the rest of the game, the Jets have a really good running game, and the light bulb goes up in my head. Wow, this team may well be much better. That's what the stats say without Gore. Now, Gore's questionable. I don't think he's going to play. Are you saying Frank Gore? Yes. You said Al Gore. Yeah, because I... Got on the I didn't election. know who you were talking about. Yeah, it's the old man running back Gore for the Jets. But you said Al Gore to start with. It wasn't after me. I I, I know. I know. It's Frank Gore. So Frank Gore, <laughs> oh. if he doesn't play, I think is a big positive. Are the Jets tanking? For the Jets. Are the Jets tanking? Now, no. No, because they fired their defensive coordinator. Nobody wants. So firing the defensive coordinator makes you tank, or is that, is that called camouflage? No, I just don't think well, the, the players ever want to be in that that category of the 0-16s, the Lions the, and the Browns. They might want to go 1-15, but they don't want to go over. Is this possible? The Jets ownership group connected, right? One of them amb- you know, was an ambassador in Ireland, I think. Well, I'm not sure. So England, I think. So here's the question. Do they go to him like in week eight, Gase, and say, listen, you're done, you know it. We're going to pay you know, we're going to let you coach throughout the year. And then we're going to give you a consultancy. If you, any, you know, next 10 years, who knows what the package would be, or maybe we'll call a friend and get you on some, you know, would that be crazy? Cause to me, what's crazy is the entire, how much more optimistic, how many draft choices would you have to get to say, you pick some D end or something this year and you keep Sam Darnold or you're getting Lawrence. Isn't that potentially one of the 
I but mean, they're getting Lawrence. All right. Well, Jacksonville I, might have something to say about that. Right. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is there's still four games left, right? So, and maybe you're right. At a certain point, it's no longer. Jacksonville's long- not trying to tank. They're playing their butt off. But all it takes is one loss, and now it's the strength of schedule, right? That's the tiebreaker here, strength of schedule. So, uh, which is weird. I mean, it's, it's not heads up. It's, you know, I looked this up. It's strength of schedule. So they didn't play heads up anyway. So, but the point I'm making is, is in a weird way, isn't it crazy they wouldn't tank? Meaning, what could be? How big is Trevor Lawrence? It's almost guaranteed you make a Super Bowl. So how do you tank? I think the co- I think you blitz zero blitz with on a hail mary, right? I mean, it never been done before. What if the blitz has got the there? We would say that a 99% play happened, and it was a stupid play. Because, I mean, it's a Hail Mary. It doesn't, it doesn't happen hardly at all. It happens, like, once a year, right? That's why we're still talking about the Murray Hail Mary. So I'll tell you this. I've had people say, if you blitz and they can't even get to the end zone, I've heard that. But how, what, what were they, on the 35 or something? They were midfield. No, like, yeah, that it was, was a, it was a real Hail Mary. And the play before... RJ, the play before the oh, Raiders he's, he's just got more individual plays. They, well, they they threw a bomb. They threw a hail mary and, he, and, he was, and, and it was wide, wide open. open and he missed him, and yeah. he just missed him by a couple yards. So if ever now he's there was do a, something different, if ever there was a team that would be like, don't let that happen again. But, not the but Jets. How do you not have, let it happen again? Is do something different on defense, right? It's like, oh god, that just stopped me acting sanctimonious. Right, like, what do you do? Do you do the same thing the next? No, play? you mug all the wide receivers on the line of scrimmage and you roughhouse them and and so, take take so, a defensive holding call and then let them throw a hail mary. That's what you do. I mean, you realize they now have that where it's a fifteen yard penalty, right? I know that there's no clock if it's if it's blatant. They yeah. they well, you just said mug them. No, they say there's no time run off the clock if exactly. it's blatant. Okay, so you don't do it blatant. Oh, there you go, perfect, Steve. I can't believe they haven't the <laughs> NFL hasn't hired you. <laughs> I mean, like, are you turning them down? Hey, this one I'm right on. They- I, no, you're right. And it was something that, they, that for years you were saying it and you were right till finally someone did it. Then they changed the rules. So now it's done. It's over. You can't play rushing home favorites or any crap like that anymore, duct tape boy. And you also, that's no longer a pertinent point. But it is interesting. If something didn't work to play before, isn't it better to do something different? <sighs> Apparently not. With 12 seconds left in the team in midfield, it is never correct to rush seven guys. No, I agree with that, but I think you rush more than three. I'm fine with that, yeah. Coach, coach, are you a coach or a doctor? When I, when I introduce you, should it be Dr. Fezzik or, or Coach Fezzik? <laughs> Fezzik Dr. that watches coach a lot Fezzik. of football. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Do you think you got things to teach the NFL? Yeah. Not a lot, but I mean, not in terms of X's and O's, but there's certainly things that teams and do. You also thought you understood Jeopardy better than anyone, too, right? Well, you're, you're up, you're, you're like Citizen Kane up at his <laughs> Jeopardy James knows, I, I mean, knows it all. So, but, but, but you're like up in your house and sconched, not leaving. When you leave the house, you put on a hazmat suit and you got the whole world figured out. <laughs> you know, Kafka, Mackenzie, look up the Kafka quote about sitting at your kitchen table and, and the world presenting itself at your feet and tell me when you're ready what you got in this game i don't have much i, I do think this. you have any tips for the nfl <laughs> no 
I do think that the Jets, you know, we had talked about early in the year how the Jets receiving core was so banged up and that we thought it could make a difference. But then whether real or fake, Darnold was banged up and they never had that continuity. Boy, some of those receivers are fast. Crowder's a good receiver. (laughs) Denzel Mims is fast and he looks like a number one receiver and. Uh, I think if they have some weapons around him is what I'm Perriman's saying. good, too. Yeah, I think it's actually a good receiving core. My name is Casper. Let's just say this. This isn't the worst receiving core in football. This is probably, like, in the teens. This is for you, Faz. You read it, Mackenzie, please. Remain sitting at your table and listen. Do not even listen. Simply wait. Be quiet, still, and solitary. The world will freely offer itself to you to be unmasked. It has no choice. It will roll in ecstasy at your feet. Kafka? <laughs> yes, Kafka. He's very Kafka-ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good movie, The Squid and the Whale. You ever see that? No, I haven't. I wonder, there's this little kid. Oh, and he's not little. He's like 17. His dad's like real like pretentious, like fat. And he's, date, he's trying to hit on this girl, and they're kind of starting to date. And he says... Uh, the girl says, have you read The Metamorphosis? He goes, yes, Kafka ask. <laughs> and she goes, well, Kafka wrote it. He goes, of course, yes. <laughs> What's your favorite Kafka fest? That's the only one that I remember. You read The Metamorphosis? I did. Northwestern read I, I don't think Northwestern read that. AP, that was the AP little, English, little, like The Cockroach, yeah, I remember it. The Cockroach? <laughs> I don't think they pronounced it like Tony Montana, did they? <laughs> All right, next game. Oh, by the way, let's talk Jets trend line real quick. 31st on the season on offense, 31st the last four games. But defense, 32nd on the season, 16 last four games. The D's coming around. Mm. Do we want to look under? Because we think that the Seahawks are going to be up because they got beat. But these really good teams that's been to Super Bowls, you you give them an upset and they got a crappy team, they don't tend to get up, it seems like. Maybe it's an under here. What's the total, Fez? 46 and a half. Mm, that's not too high. For a Seattle game. That's what I'm saying. All right, Falcons, Chargers. Fez's Chargers. This would have been my pick number six. I'm passing. On the Falcons. I got, oh, I'm sorry, on the Falcons. Yeah. I got nothing on this game. I'm passing. Like last week on the Chargers. I'm done with these Chargers. I, I didn't have anything on this game either. Here's the thing. I think there's something here, and here's why. We said Atlanta has the 32nd best offense. But remember, there's two other, in the last four weeks, there's two other games here, not just the Saints. And so the question is, do we look to play? Because I still don't want to bet again. I don't want to bet against Herbert. And their D's getting worse. I, I actually maybe, I don't know. I don't like, I mean, do we, this is going in both directions, right? So if Atlanta is bad on offense and the Chargers are now went from 10 to 20 on defense, there's no way to get at that, right? Oh, and that's totals under 50. Uh Two weeks ago, this total would have been 53 and a half and now it's 49. It's already accounted for the poor offensive play. All right, that's it. So last thing, let's print up our look-aheads. And I'm going to give my, as Mackenzie does that, I'm going to give my total of the week. My total of the week 
is... I thought it was of the month. Oh, of the year. Of the year. No, no. Since winter solstice. Okay. Here it is. As if it could be anything else. Colts, Raiders, over. 51 and a half. Here's the rationale. We talked about the trend lines. We know the Raiders' offense is good. We know the Raiders' defense is bad. Everyone knows that. Now, you might say Jacoby. Is that how you say his name? The running back from the Raiders? Jonathan. Oh, oh we, Jacobs. Jacobs. Jacobs, that's yeah. it. Jacobs. Ja- I'm not a player guy. Jacobs is out or maybe out. We'll see. But you might say that's bad. In my experience. Do you want to bet on that? In my, in my experience, when you throw more, when you're forced to throw more, it helps scoring. And, and it's not just because throwing doesn't start the clock. or I think it's just efficiency. In general, we've seen that with some good running backs being out. It seems to help the team. They don't have to force it to McCaffrey. They don't have to, you know. I also think this. It's almost, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a team be 15 and 15 pretty much. Colts at 15 on the season on offense and at 14 on D in the last four games to literally go to number five on offense. So a 10-unit move to the offense and then the D go to 30 freaking one. So, you know, a 16 or 17-unit move. So we've got like 27 units of movement favoring the over. And this is an average over. Right? 50 is average now, right? I think it's 48 now. Come on. What, now as in last week? How's it on the season? I think it's down to 48. I'm not certain. So why would you say something if you're not certain of it? I'm 95% So confident. you give me 15 to 1? No, you're not 95, are you? The, the average has been less than 50? No. You said it's 48. No, I'm not that confident. All right, we got the sheet from McKenzie. And remember, guys, talk out loud. I, you know, think out loud. All right, Buffalo at Denver. So we're not doing the Thursday. You're going to start right with the Saturday games. I'm just going, I'm going in games. alphabetical order. Okay. So not rotational. But, I mean, Thursdays and Saturdays sometimes make a difference because of scheduling. So when they come up, let's note them. Okay. Buffalo. We can do that first. What's what's the Thursday game? Uh, Chargers at Raiders. Okay, Fez. All right, so Raiders would normally be Raiders about three and a half to four points better, but they need the game. They're going to need the game. Chargers. What happens up, if they lose? Even if they lose, they'll need, they'll still be in the playoff hunt. Um, they will. So there'll be a tax. Oh yeah, there'll be a tax associated with the Raiders. So Raiders minus five and a half. Uh, Raiders minus four. Three and a half. Real? So here's what I want, though. I don't want you trying to figure what the market's doing. I want you to tell me what the line should be. Mm-hmm. This isn't a guess the line show to show how smart we're. We're trying to find freaking bets. So why would you be talking about tax? Gotcha. Yeah. So what do you think the line should be? Well, I think the tax is, is... What do you think the line should be? Five. Okay. And you say... Four. So do we want to bet three and a half? If the Raiders win, isn't it? I mean, I'm worried if they lose, there'll be a demoralizing effect. And if they lose, it will be three straight bad games. Hmm. 
Which could be a sign of something even worse. Yeah. And, and and I can, can tell we you, parlay it. I just hate I hate laying three and a half RJ. It's almost never well, the asymmetric. So the asymmetric risk but that's is so the thing, big. But that stops people from betting it. Yeah, it's actually squared. It's 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 funny if you actually look at the numbers because it keeps people off it. It's what the psychology of it prevents people from playing it, and thus it doesn't go up to four when it oftentimes should. Think about that, Maddie. <laughs> Can we parlay the Raiders this week and the Raiders next week? No, I don't. No, know. I don't know any books you can. Why? I just don't know any books that'll. Why take is it, it correlated? Because the, if the Raiders win in a blowout win, then their power rating is going to go up. Jesus, these. I mean, these books don't want to take any action, do they? Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Yeah. All right. What's the Saturday game? Uh, Green Bay. Uh, Carolina at Green Bay. All right. Fed. All right. COVID, I'm going to assume that that's over with uh, Green Bay minus seven. You mean over with with Carolina? Yes. Green Bay seven and a half on the road. Uh, Green Bay eight. Split the difference, seven and a half. Any other Saturday games? Bills at Broncos. All right, go ahead. Uh, It's got to be the Bills. They're the best. Bills seven. I think you got to go south to seven. I'll go six and a quarter. Five and a half. Does that apply? Well, they're just trying to not get that early teaser action on the Bills. <laughs> so do we want to play it? Uh, no, I, I was probably inflating the Bills a little bit. I didn't, we don't want to do that. I know. I didn't. Carolina at Green Bay. We just did that oh, one. Oh, Chicago at Minnesota. Mm. Mm. Minnesota. Minnesota seven. No, Minnesota. F- How about if, if whoever gets closest gets to go first next time? Because I don't want to go second every time. All right. Yeah, yeah. We should. Just, you influence. We'll me, alternate, and we'll I'll just, influence. We'll just you. alternate. Yeah. All right. So Minnesota you can go first minus four. This time. Oh, I think it's like seven, six, six. and a half. Six. Oh. So, so Bears are tanking with the odds makers mm. and the betters right now. That's a good point. Cincy. Oh, I'm sorry. Check that. Browns at Giants. So I'm first this time. Yes. I oh, got a shitty game. <laughs> I don't know. Cleveland two-ish. Two. It's a good number, Cleveland two. All right. Three and a half. Really? What? Mm-hmm. How can the Giants, how can the, well, this play week's it. Giants doesn't make sense Should then. we play it right now? Well, let's, yeah. think, let's let, hold on. Let's think it through. All right, so what you're saying is this week's Giants, so Cardinals. So first off, the Browns are much better than the Cardinals. Much better. What do you got, Fez, on your power rating? So I got Cleveland one point better than an average team, Arizona half point worse. So the Browns are one and a half points better. All right, so right now we got the— So if, if that was Cleveland then, in this game, they would be three on the road. If we're going to bring it all the way up to three, I think it's 2.75. But if we did his exact, yeah. But but remember, the one and a half is agnostic to where it's at on the number line. So we would say, really, he should be saying uh, 20 cents. But there's no scenario where Cleveland would be three and a half this week. None. So what's going to change? And plus, they're playing a Monday night game. They're playing a a real, uh, I mean, the Browns aren't used to being a road favorite. This could be a flat spot on a short week, and they could be physically beat up from the from the. I'll take a third of that. We we both made it two. We got to take three. Yeah, I'm happy. Three and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, I'm happy to take that. Bang it. Sure, yeah, I'm happy to take that. 
All right. Matt, you can go first as he's putting in the piece. All right. Who do we got? We got um, Detroit at Tennessee. So let me just do this in my head. So Detroit's getting seven and a half at home from Green Bay. Tennessee at home, seven and a half. Six. Eight and a half. Whoa. Wow, that's a little higher than I thought, but I thought it would be over seven, so it's not yeah. that. Plus, at some point, Six. the Detroit thing is, this is a tough game. to. If there's one team. Six, it's in Tennessee, Fez. Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, so you're saying you're right over a touchdown, too. I, I think Detroit's a team we want. Take your time and make that bet. Don't mess that up is I think that we want to see from Detroit. We want to see if they play really well here, I think I like them. Because this is almost like the second game of the year. In yeah, a way. sure. Giants plus three and a half. All right. We're in. That's it. We're in. It's official. All right, next game. Uh, yeah. We got mm, Jacksonville at Baltimore. What is Jacksonville this week again? Thinking. Are they on a bye? Baltimore is about 12 points better. Um, Jacksonville has been covering, so getting a little bit of respect. Make a, we'll make Baltimore 12 and a half. So the Titans at the Jags are seven and a half. So if this was on in Tennessee, it'd be nine and a half, 10 ish. It'd be 10. Baltimore is like a point and a half better than Titans. 11 and a half? 11 and a half. Mm -hmm. I got to be honest with you. Uh, see, if Baltimore wins, that looks good for them. If they lose, they're extra motivated. Yeah, I don't like either scenario. I just think Jacksonville's feisty, like you've been saying. They that. are, yeah. I, I'm confused. Houston at Indy, didn't that just happen? That was India uh, Houston. Yeah, that's right. In, that yeah, Indy Houston. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was for sure. It was three and a half on the road, hundred percent. Really? Yeah. Because we laid it, and I couldn't believe I it. I know, but what I'm saying is, I I thought it was. I thought that game was in Indy. I, I almost know. liked Houston. Hmm. I would have no. certainly had Houston. Holy cow! How did I think that? I guess when people keep telling you home field doesn't matter, you start yeah. to believe them. I mean, if it's three and a half on the road at uh houston and they covered it i mean granted it could have gone the other way and probably should have i it's got to be five and a half six yeah six six and a half i like houston there right it's a the, uh, it's a dome team they're used to a dome they play there every year yeah maybe and the colts in theory they got a big must win game against the raiders right games in oakland vegas oh yeah in vegas well, you don't like that? Like I said, I hate. I mean, hasn't Houston proven that they can? They can... I hate laying three and a half. I hate taking six and a half because well, I can right. tell you all the time. You need to study. You need to study up on it. I tell all you what, all the time. Well, I... Listen, listen. Hmm? I know you're going to keep repeating what you. The one thing you just said. Go to the database and look at the plus six and a half. How well it does. Mackenzie, pull that up. And it's just. Sure. It's because the, the bias. I, I hear your bias. I'm saying it just it's that's what's got to be I'm overcome. I'm fine betting plus six Whoa. and a half right before the game kicks off. Since 89, 53% against the spread if you just bet every plus six and a half. 
that you would have bet your life that. How many games? Uh, over 400. Wow. You're going to keep repeating yourself? Or are you going to say, RJ, when you say something, I'm going to take it seriously? I still think it's wrong because. What? what? 53% is wrong? No, because you can always bet plus six or plus six and a half later on. I mean, what's the okay, hurry? That's a we might get that, seven. That, that, that's a different story. What you're saying is to bet this early in the week a plus six and a half. Now, that presupposes that the person's watching the screen. Because if you're only looking once a day, the line could be five and a half before you know it. But you're saying, why pull the trigger until you have to? Yes. That's a different story. That's, and that's my story. But you were saying, I don't bet six and a half. I don't bet six that, and a half. I misspoke. I okay. bet six and a half all the time. Yes. All right. But that's shocking, 53%. It is. It shows you. It's, it's, really, it's a big sample. Uh, it's, it's in line with what you're talking about with the whole six and a half, meaning the psychology of the yeah. batter. Mm -hmm. All right, a couple games left. New England. Oh, wait. Chargers. We went over the Chargers. Oh, wow. Here we go. Kansas City, New Orleans. We didn't do New England. Did you skip it? Uh, again, we're in We're not in oh. rotation order here. Is, is, what's the chance Breeze comes back? I don't know. There's a line on this, though. I know that much. It surprises me there's a line. Think out loud, Kansas please. City. So Kansas City's five better right now with Hill, and so there's a so chance Breeze comes back. We'll make it three. KC minus three. I'm thinking KC two and a half. KC's three. Yeah. I like the Saints. So wait, you're saying that New Orleans and Tampa Bay is pretty much the same team? It was never three with Tampa. It was always three and a half, four, four and a half. Oh, there was no four and a halves out there. It was, three, yeah. it was actually, I think, 3.3. Yeah. I mean, maybe really? outlaw lines early, but I'm saying once anything settled, even Tuesday. Because I was lucky. I mean, people were bitching when I was taking three and a half, you know. But it doesn't matter. Three and a half was out there, but it was, it was a little hard to find. If you only had, like, one book. If you had several, you you were going to get it, yeah. All right. Detroit, Houston, we went over. Jacksonville, Kansas City. Chargers at Raiders. Did we do that one? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, New England at Miami. Ooh. Miami three? Yeah, Miami three. Good number. Miami two and a half. Hmm. I don't want. Now, that's interesting because New England loses down in Miami. Yeah, they do a lot. Yeah. They're getting a lot. I got to be honest. I kind of like Miami there. I mean, it feels like Belichick's been out. It's less than three. Um, Belichick against his former coach? Yeah, but what Well, is... what could happen this week is New England lose and be out of the playoff hunt, and then Miami pull an upset this week and be right in the Miami's thick of it. Miami's in it either way, though. Yeah, it, either way, yeah. Yeah, New England's the wild card. So. Yeah, if New England loses this week, then that two and a half's pretty appealing. Mackenzie, go to 538, and they have an if-then. Have New England lose, and let's see what their playoff chances are. Oh, but actually, now that I think about it, this is two games ahead, so that won't work, I don't think. Well, you can do yeah, just... because if they lose this week, what are their playoff yeah. chances? You can do just one oh. game ahead. Yeah. Oh, you're saying... Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, do that, please. So it's 25% if they beat Miami, regardless of what happens with the Rams. And it's currently 13%. If they beat Miami... We're so what happens this. if they lose to the Rams? Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. If they lose to the Rams, their playoff odds go down to four, uh, 5%. Yeah, that's not good. If they win, what does it go to? McKenzie? 28%. All right, Big so difference. This is what we do. 
we watch the. I mean, watch the game the, tomorrow, and and literally fire on this thing. It'll if, be up. It'll be obviously off the board for a while. Yeah. So yeah. as soon as it, if it comes back up at two and a half, and the Patriots lose, yes, we fire on. Agreed. Agreement. Agreed. All right. Like that. Yeah. 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 All right. Jets at the Rams. Jets are still playing. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Four Seattle's foot. what? 13 and a half. Uh-huh. Isn't it the same? 14. 13 and a half. Thir- yeah, same, right? Philly at. Seattle gets a little bump from the. Oh, oh wow. This is showing you. Oh, I'm surprised at this line. Philly at Arizona. Uh, oh, man. With Jalen Hurts. Where did it? I know. So, but we don't Five. Even know that. I feel like it's more. Maybe it's not a lot. Maybe it's a six and a half or six and a half. Maddie Holt's coming on strong. All right, Seattle at Washington. Go ahead. <laughs> Seattle minus three and a half. Three and a half. Confident of that one. I was thinking because of Washington's bump. Don't well, play it. So San Fran's three point two five on the road. So if they were at Washington, this line would be like one San Fran. Well, it's not really on the road. Oh yeah, yeah, he's right. Then it is probably three and a half, four. Yeah, Seattle, Washington's three and a half. Yeah, San Fran at Dallas. Whoa, San Fran one and a half. Uh, Three and a half. San Fran three and a half. Oh, I guess. Oh, slow down. Think that too. You think San Fran is almost the same team as Dallas? Well, yeah, San Fran's better. That's what I'm saying. But it's in Dallas, you said, yeah, right? We're saying one point for home, right? Well, I was. Th- I always just try to use recent lines. So San Fran is minus three something at Washington. Uh-huh. Washington's better than Dallas. We all agree. So, so I tried to higher. go less than three. It, but, it actually should be five and a half. But hold on a second. If if Washington's better than Dallas, the line would go up, right? I'm sorry, but Washington's at San Fran. Okay, but still, so Washington's on at the least road. more than two points better than Dallas. So maybe it should be equal then. So what Three? You Five and a half. It's two and a half. Let's fire it right now. This is crazy. San Fran's going to keep playing. Hold on. Well, you could fire it. I just thought, yeah, I don't know that I Oh, I, I don't. I'll take, I'll yeah, take sure. it all. You, really? You want Dallas over? Well, I'm trying to Shanahan. do it back in my head. So what? if they're 3.2 this week. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they're on the road, and we're saying the home field flip would be worth two because mm-hmm. we're only giving one for each. So he flips, it's two. So now if we're saying if San Fran was at home against, I mean, if Washington was at home, this line would be one. San Fran won at Washington. So we're saying that by two and a half, that Washington is a point and a half better than Dallas. I mean, that feels I'm, about right. I'm firing Dallas. Yeah, I like it. How much more do we think they're better than Dallas? Then how come you guys don't like Cincy but, but with I me think, this week? Hold on a second. I think we're missing. We're in. Thank you. I think we're and Matt. You um, once we talk it through, you can decide if you want it or whatever. It's good for you. Is so, Fez. This is where you shine. Lay it out. I think we got a good bet here. All right, so San Francisco is laying 3.25 versus Washington. 
If we turn that to a money line, San Fran would be minus 165, Washington plus 145. Merge them together. The no VIG number on that money line, minus 155, plus 155. Now, is San Francisco 55 cents better than Washington? Not quite, because San Fran does have a little bit of an edge playing in Arizona. Let's give them 10 cents for that. So we're saying San Francisco is 45 cents better than Washington. And you agree with that so far, Matt? I do, yes. All right, our first piece is done. Now we've got to compare Washington to Dallas. Now, Washington's better than Dallas. By my numbers, significantly better. Let's be conservative. Super conservative. Super conservative and say that Washington's only 40 cents better than Dallas. That would be we, about a two-and-a-half-point difference in power Now, ratings. on Thanksgiving, they've had divergent journey since then. What was the Thanksgiving line? Dallas, three at home? Yep, close three. All right. So now, so Dallas closed three. Yes. So, I mean, that means Dallas was perceived to be the better team at that point. Yes. So, I mean, how much have things changed? I know Dallas looked horrible in two straight games, and Washington's looked good in two straight games. So, I, I don't know if we're being crazy conservative with the, you know, two and a half points, but I think that's reasonable. Yeah, so that would equate to about 40 cents. So now we've got San Francisco being 85 cents better than Dallas. So if they played on a neutral, they're not playing on a neutral, but if they did, the money line should be minus 185, plus 185. But Dallas is home. That's worth probably about 15 cents. More so because it's their true home. Yes. So now let's dial back our Novig money line, minus 170, plus 170. That money line is consistent with a three and a half or a four point favorite. And we're laying two minus and two and a half, half lay a dollar 20. And you got it in. Yes. All right. I feel good about that. Oh, look. The line just moved. Fez, you're moving markets. There you go. Or at least it was my pick, though. Let's be candid. You're moving markets. No, no, no. They're booking faces, baby. What's what's the number now, Matty? Uh, San Fran, three. All right. And Cleveland, three. Is that right? Damn, we might have to move this podcast up earlier. Anything else? No. So what bets we got here? So we took San Francisco minus two and a half, minus a dollar twenty. Boy, that that's one of those lines I always look the next week and go, well, how in the hell didn't we bet that? That's a good one. And we, and I'm we, not even sure Dallas is up for this game. And we took the New York Giants plus three and a half at home hosting Cleveland. Hey, tell your uh, cousin that he needs to win this game. Step it up, Kyle. All right, boys. Talk to you next week.